This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lady Lois Lane, whose words are, Look, it's a bird. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Uh, today, uh, we are in Eddard 6 of A Game of Thrones. Uh, and in A World of Ice and Fire, we are discussing Ares uh, Targaryen, second of his name, King of the Andals, the Rhoynar, the First Men, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, and Protector of the Realm. Otherwise so. known as the Mad King. The Mad King himself. So we're there. We're finally there. We're but, there. Uh, before we get started. Yeah, you know, we just, we're doing something different today. Yeah. Because... This is going to be a long podcast. Hope you guys are ready. Well, and really, there's something I want to set you guys up with. I want you to think about something. So I think we've actually... I don't know if we mentioned it before, but it kind of came up again today in our, on our research, you know, as we were looking through things. Uh, and the question is, how does Ned know where Liana was at? How does he know that, Sir Matt? How does he, when he, you know, Tywin has, uh, is in King's Landing, the Lannister banner is there, uh, Jamie's sitting on the Iron Throne, and after that, next thing we know, uh, he is taking, what, six men with him? Yeah. Handful of men, uh, and going to track down Lyanna. Mm-hmm. So who tells him? Um, why doesn't Robert go with him? So if he gets that information, why doesn't Robert take his whole you know, host and track down Liana. Yeah. Right? Well, we were looking at maps Yeah, for this because uh, we're going to be talking about Gendry quite a bit today because yep. that's who the Ned chapter will focus on. So we, we started looking at who is Gendry's mom, who could Gendry's mom be, um, right. show and book, Yep. Um, more specifically the book, obviously. But um, then it kind of led us down some other paths. We started talking about the Robert's Rebellion and things like that. And then we... We were look, I was looking at the map, and I was like, man, the first battle. Right. Well, technically, you could say the first battle of Robert's Rebellion is um, kind of over there in the Vale, just kind of where once John Aaron's drawing his banners. But yeah. the real first battle is considered at Summerhall. And then they go from Summerhall to Ashford. Yeah. And the Tower of Joy is like right there. It's right next to it. And you, can, you would have to think that, you know, obviously Robert wouldn't know. Otherwise, Robert would send his entire army. That's Absolutely, he, he would is. just he yeah. would just say, "Nope, we're going here." Right, and then we think about it, and we're like, "Why didn't Robert send his entire army to go get Liana?" Yeah, he didn't know where she was. He didn't know where she was. So right. how? So then we thought, "Well, how does Ned find figure it out?" out? Yeah. So Let's we have yeah. So we have some theories. Um, possibly yeah. Chardane tells him. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so just. Just a good question. Just, just something to start the show off with. You guys think about it. Send us a raven for follow up Friday, uh, and you can send that to btkcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. So there's that. We'll leave you with that, and we will actually dive back into it here in just a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, time to jump into small council. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, just news, life news. Not much. Just still busy. Yeah. You know. Um. I mean, I mean, back in the gym. 
Yeah, which is good. Back we in got, the we got a trial coming up. We got a trial coming up, and it's time to hit the you know hit the iron. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've been doing that. And yeah, that's really just about it. It's just the grind. Yeah, I don't think so. our, I don't think either of our uh, football clubs we picked are, are doing very well. Nope, just fine. Um, you know, I, I did see it was like I think it was like, Tottenham has some like Asian player who got it like it's going nuts. Well, I think something there's something I don't know. I just saw I saw some news posting about somehow he like skipped military service he had to do or something. Or, whoa, whoa, I don't know. Huh. Um, Okay. I don't know. I just, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm trying to get into it more. You know, it's, it's hard like, when your team's just getting uh, whooped around. It right? is, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I, 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 we'll, 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 man, you'll, they'll, you know, yeah, they'll finish strong. Yeah. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, and so obviously, um, uh, this is my week. Is make, it making the King's Road journey? Yeah. We so got a lot this, of recording to do this week. We do. We uh, luckily tomorrow is a holiday, so Ezra and I are going to record quite a few episodes ahead. Yeah. Um, but we should be next uh, follow up Friday, not yeah. this coming one, but the following one will be the first one we do. Yeah. Via the Weirwood Network, and uh, I, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out. You know, just sure bear with us for like a week or two to kind of figure out the. Uh, we've done it before. We're just trying to figure out the best way to yeah. do it. We know we know how to do it. We just right. want to make sure it's as crisp and clean as that's right as possible. It's got to so, be good. So yeah, it does. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that's good. So that'll be coming up. A lot of people have wished you well on your it's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Hopefully, uh, you might encounter a few hedge nights along the way. And it's I true. Encourage you yeah. to uh, you know. Take comfort by their fire. Share some mead, mm-hmm. meat. Yeah, we'll be driving cheese. through. Let's see the kingdom of Nebraska, yeah, Utah, Idaho, and into into Oregon. Mm. So you know, yep, yeah. Luckily, there's a trail in, in Oregon, <laughs> an Oregon trail. That's so, good. Yeah, so. yeah, that's good. Important. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that's uh, any show news we uh, want to talk about. Yeah, just. Um, you know, they there are a lot of interviewers and the press are asking a lot of people who have been in the show just their thoughts on the ending, kind of get secrets, whatever. Right. Um, and uh, Finn Jones, I believe is his name, is the guy who plays Loris Tyrell. Okay. Um, who obviously wasn't in this last season. He was. They were just kind of asked on how he thinks the series is going to end, and he kind of went with a darker route. He's like, I think everyone's going to die. Wow. That's just it. That's just, you know, they're all dead. Yeah. A lot of people have like, oh, maybe this guy will sit there and throw around whatever. But a lot of people seem to think a lot of people are going to die. But he just says, I think everyone dies. What? The Night King sits on the throne or something? No, they they all die. It's like big war. Everyone dies. Just done. Yeah. Maybe it's because he's bitter because he dies on the show, you know, and like this great fashion where everyone does die. Yeah. King's Landing. So. All right. Well, I hopefully that hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else. Everyone else. I've I've read. You know, the guy who plays Jamie Lannister, the guy, the woman who plays uh, Miss Sandy, all kind of say the same thing. It's bittersweet. Yeah. They're all being coached to say bittersweet, and we don't know what that means. We don't know. So that's all right. All right. Well, uh, we'll stay tuned. If you guys have more intel on that, uh, you want to send us something, even if it's kind of crazy, uh, you know, post it in the in the group. We got the Facebook uh, group going now, strong. Uh, good stuff happening there. Send us a Raven too, and we'll we'll check it out. And uh, you know, the article, whatever you may have. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right, here you we ready go. for this? Yes, this is big. Here we so. go. Ares the second. Ares Targaryen, the second of his name, was but eighteen years of age when he ascended to the Iron Throne in two sixty two A.C. 
upon the death of his father, Jaehaerys. After little more than three years of rule, a handsome youth, Ares had fought gallantly in the Stepstones during the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Though not the most diligent of princes, nor the most intelligent, he had an uh, undeniable charm that won him many friends. He was also vain, proud, and and changeable traits that made him easy prey for flatterers and lickspittles. But these flaws were not immediately apparent to most uh, at the time of his ascension. None even the wisest could have known that Ares II would in time be known as the Mad King, nor that his reign would ultimately put an end of to near three centuries of Targaryen rule in Westeros. Though even as Ares donned his crown in that fateful year of 262, a lusty black-haired son named Robert had just been born to his cousin, Stephen Baratheon, and his lady wife at Storm's End. Whilst to the north at Winterfell, Lord Rickard Stark celebrated the birth of his own son, Brandon. Another Stark, Eddard, followed within a year. All three of these infants would, in time, fullness uh, play crucial roles in the downfall of the dragons. Yeah, a lot of foreshadowing going on there, a lot of uh, things to come, Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, all of those players, you know, here soon in in, uh, the Rebellion uh, later on and in this chapter um, with Gendry. But, uh, yeah, so I actually thought it was interesting that he is, he fights gallantly, right? Yeah. In that that War of the Nine Penny Kings, you know, so he's he's involved in that, um, which which is interesting. there's been like one or two people hint that he might have done something, you know, to his father, Jaharis and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I really don't think he did. I think I his, don't know. I think he did. He might have, you know, but like I, I think his his daughter, his, his his father just dies and then he he takes over. But you know, maybe it is suspicious. It was three years and you know what have you. But uh, yeah. So, but anyways, that madness. You know, we we call him the Mad King. None of that is uh, is is evident here. It's just that he's very much uh, seems like he's easily influenced. Right. Um. But he's also good at making friends himself too. Yeah. So he's just more of a like a manipulator type of mm-hmm. thing, you know. So, all right, what else we got on him? Uh, yeah. And so it says uh, just something else here. Um, Ares the Second did not lack for ambition. Upon his coronation, he declared that it was his wish to be the greatest king in the history of the Seven Kingdoms. Oh yeah. Um, he wanted to be remembered as Ares the Wise, or maybe even Ares the Great, and um. It says right here, uh, kind of his his first thing, his father court had been made up largely of older seasoned men, many of whom had also served during the reign of King Aegon V. Ares dismissed them all uh, and replaced them with lords of his own generation. Most notably, uh, he retired the aged and exceedingly cautious hand, Edgar Sloan, and named in his place Sir Tywin Lannister, the heir to Casterly Rock. At 20 years of age, Sir Tywin thus became the youngest hand in the history of the Seven Kingdoms. Many maesters to this day insist that his appointment was the wisest thing that Ares the Wise, and it has air quotes there, ever did. Yeah, I... Then it, then it starts to go into their kind of history, and you know they grew up together. Right. They were mm-hmm. really good friends growing up. Yeah, and really they kind close. of and they remain good friends for Sometimes. quite a bit of time into Ares' reign, mm-hmm. and then it all kind of just—it's kind of like it's kind of like it's it's like it kind of just starts to be like straws and camels' backs, right? Like mm-hmm. one straw, the next straw, you know, and then it, then he snaps, and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, uh, one thing that was kind of ironic, right, is that he replaces all of these old seasoned men, you know, with his own, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, people of his own age and different things, uh, you know, uh, new men, his his own men. And I, I think it was possibly because he wanted to 
you know, uh, as, as you said, there one he's ambitious, wants to be the greatest, right? Uh, Aries the great, but it actually ends up uh, being sort of his downfall. Yeah, really. Um, is it's it's sort of what poisons him in a sense because the the men that he appoint are greater and more mm-hmm. intelligent than he is, and and everything, and so um, that sort of you know starts to spoil. Uh, the the relationship that he has mm-hmm. with those people. Well, so. think about this: is that it's also interesting. That this is really, you could start to argue the the rule where the rule of Lannister comes in, mm-hmm. because yeah. really Tywin is about to. You know, a lot of people say that he's the one who rules during the rebellion, and then really Robert doesn't do much ruling himself. So you know, it's really kind of Cersei manipulating things, and then yeah. ro- after Robert dies, right you now, so. Yeah, the Lannisters have figured out how to rule the Seven Kingdoms without actually sitting on the throne necessarily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, so and uh, Tywin. Let's see, isn't it Tywin who actually knights? Yeah, Ares. Yeah, it talks about him getting his um, his his spurs. So when Prince Ares won his spurs at six and ten, it was uh, to Sir Tywin he granted the, mm-hmm. um, the the honor of dubbing him a knight uh, in two sixty one. Tywin Lannister had proved his prowess as a commander uh, when he put down an uprising uh, uh, by two of his father's most powerful vassals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it actually is Tywin who, who, who knights him. Yeah, who knights, who knights yeah. Ares, yeah. So that just shows their, their closeness and their, their friendship and, uh, and what have you. So mm-hmm. um, then, Yeah, then it goes on to talk about um, Ares, Ares' love interests and how they kind of seem, he t- kind of seems to get over people over people quickly. Uh, says he was also full of grand schemes as well. Not long after his coronation, his announcement and intent to conquer the Stepstones and make them part of his realm for all time. Um, in 264, he went to visit uh, a visit to King's Landing, but Lord Rickard Stark of Winterfell awakened his interest in the north, and he, he kind of gets a plan to um, build a new wall hundreds of leagues north of the existing one and claim all the lands between, which I actually find interesting. And I'm surprised no one else has ever really thought about it, thought about it. Yeah. It's probably pretty, it's, I mean, as it says there in, he has these ambitious schemes, right. You know, um, and he has these like, okay, cool idea, but how do you pull it off? Oh yeah. That would be like crazy. Well, and he is kind of one of those guys though, like, like, like a big idea guy, like, let's do this. We should do this. We should do that. And then you no know, follow really. Yeah. No follow through, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anywho, um, yeah. But but yeah. And then Taiwan seems to know how to just do the day to day, the minute attention to detail, uh, running the realm. I, I I bet if he were to hone in on one task like the wall, he could have possibly gotten some support uh, behind that, and he and he probably could have accomplished it with yeah. Taiwan's help if he really pushed that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're right here. In 270 AC, he has a during a visit to Sunspear, he told the Princess of Dorne that he would make the the Dornish deserts bloom by digging a great underground canal beneath the mountains to bring water from the rainwood. Which you know is sounds cool. Sounds, sounds like, cool. Sounds yeah, like none, of these, uh, none of these grandiose plans ever came to fruition. Most indeed were forgotten within a moon's turn. For Ares, again, seems to kind of grow bored with things. But the Seven Kingdoms prospered greatly during the first decade of his reign, for it was the king's hand, uh, was all that the king was not diligent, decisive, tireless, fiercely intelligent, just, and stern. The gods made and uh, shaped this man to rule. Grand Maester Pite- Pycelle wrote of Tywin Lannister in a letter to the Citadel. 
after serving with him on the small council for two years. And uh, yeah, so Grand well, and there's their relationship starting. To, yeah, to, exactly. To Tywin, Tywin and uh, Pycelle. So this is where it kind of starts to get into um, what really is, is kind of the down the, the downfall of Ares relationship with Tywin is that and we've talked about this before is the king kind of starts to get jealous and Tywin will go in and kind of fix a problem mm -hmm. and then the Mad King will kind of go back and change it and yep. then he'll come back and fix it to what Tywin had it and be like well now now it's fixed right yeah I did it yeah yeah I did it exactly yeah, yeah they, they talk about um, they, they talk about what, what town is it where he goes in and kind of changes like the taxes um yeah let's see that's coming up here it was, it or, was should we, or should we talk about tywin's uh should we talk about tywin's wife first uh well we can't but first just to set the to, to lay the ground the quote that i like the most here from this is from old town to the wall men begin to say that Ares might wear the crown but it was tywin lannister who ruled the realm yeah and that is sort of if you look at one thing you had to pull one one quote out of this whole thing that kind of plagues mm -hmm. um the mad king it's that people mm -hmm. saying that that uh from you know the wall to you know Old Town, and yeah, really kind of sticks. Yeah, right here it was Tywin Lannister who settled the crown's dispute with the Bravosi, um, though without making the Titan kneel to the king's displeasure by repaying the monies lent to Jaehaerys the Second with gold from Casterly Rock, thereby taking upon the debts himself. Um, yeah, and then uh, Tywin won the uh, uh, approbation of many great lords by repealing what remained of the laws of Aegon the Fifth. Had he had an act, he kind of curbs that. Um, Tywin reduced tariffs and, and taxes on shipping going in and out of the cities at King's Landing, Lannisport, and Old Town, winning support of many of the wealthy merchants. Tywin built new roads, repaired old ones, um, holds tournaments, mm -hmm. which even this you know the free everybody likes, and sternly punishes uh, bakers found guilty of adding sawdust to their bread and butchers selling horse meat as beef. Uh, it is in these efforts that he was uh, greatly aided by Grand Maester Pycelle. Yeah. Um, who accounts of the reigns of Ares II gave us our best portrait of these times. So there you go. Sounds like they're doing good things. Yeah. So the, yes. Yeah. So, so then again, though, it is interesting to know that the accounts that this book is telling us from are mostly from Grandmaster Pycelle's writings. Mm -hmm. So again, this is where it all comes down to perspective point, yeah. and point of view is right. that theoretically this stuff could be written. Maybe Ares wasn't doing some of these things oh yeah for sure and i mean it seems also again this whole book is what written by maester gildane you right know, but if he's pulling from uh what maester pycelle has said right you know then then that makes a lot of sense but the, like the other bit here though so gildane or whoever it may be i don't know if it or right what's, what's the other one yandel yeah yandel um also writes in here though that yet despite these accomplishments it was tywin was little loved and it's because yeah. of his you know, stern, um, stern nature and, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, lack of humor and um, just didn't give ground a whole lot. So basically it was his way or the highway. You know, yeah. I mean, he kind of like this. Is how we're and, you know, it's it. interesting because I, is it um, is it I think it's when John is when Stannis comes and John is Lord Commander and he meets with or when he's when he's meeting when he's meeting with Stannis. Right. Mm -hmm. He's remembering what his father had told him of Lord Stannis. And he's like he is he is. Um, firm but fair right whereas the difference is like stannis is not someone well he kind of is because he uses like blood magic to kill his brother and stuff like that but it seems like he's still pretty honorable um and he's not doing these like you know scheming like oh let's poison 
people yeah, yeah. like the stuff that Tywin does. Right. Yeah. Like Tywin is like power at all costs. Yeah. Whereas Stannis is more, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's I'm, more honor. There I mean, is there is still there is still he has a code, it seems like he lives by. Right. Um yeah, for sure. Because a lot of these things do benefit Castle Rock, don't they? Right. You know, this some of the stuff it benefits the crown, but then when he takes over that debt, the crown now is indebted to Castle Rock, you know. Yeah. So there he's in a position of power now, yep. you know. And so you kind of owe me and look at all the things that I've done to help. And, and it just starts here because we know by the time that when Lord Eddard stows up to the council and he's like, Wait, you're telling me that the we're in, you know, debt, three million in debt to Casterly Rock, pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Tywin is a little loved. Um and talks about his family a bit, which I thought was interesting, yeah. right? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Lord Titus Lannister, mm-hmm. um, his father, right? And then his uh, desp- he despised his father, um, the weak-willed, fat, and, ineffect- and ineffectual uh, Lord Titus Lannister. Mm-hmm. His relationship with his brothers um, were also notoriously stormy. Mm-hmm. He showed more regard for his brother Kevin, who we, we uh, yeah. run into Kevin uh, quite a bit in the series, and held him as like a close confidant uh, and, uh, and a constant companion since childhood. But um, so really kind of a rocky, seems like Kevin might have been, uh, he might have been close to him. And then uh, his sister, um, I don't know how to say her name, G- Genna. Genna. I, yeah. I don't really know much of her after, no, after not, this. Yeah. His sister Genna uh, was also possibly, he might have been close with. Um, yeah. But yet even in those cases, Tywin uh, Lannister appeared more dutiful than affectionate. So yeah. even with those two siblings. Yeah. So then in, in 263, uh, after a year as the King's hand, he marries Joanna Lannister, who is his cousin. Um, who comes, she comes to King's landing in 259 AC for the coronation of King Jaehaerys, And then she remained there for a while as a princess and, or as a lady in waiting, mm-hmm. uh, to princess Rhaella, who later becomes queen. She marries. Right. She marries Ares um, and says the bride and groom, which is Tywin and uh, Joanna, had known each other since they were children. They kind of grew up together at Casterly Rock. Um, and it says, I mean, he really, it seems like loves her, like actually right, yeah. loves her, which mm-hmm. is so rare because we just don't see it right. from him. But maybe he is less kind of stern with, before she dies. And maybe it's after she dies is when he really is just like. Yeah, it seems like there's, there's elements of him being like super stern, but then. Uh, you know, yeah, he he definitely um, lets his guard down with at least Lady Joanna. Yeah. Um, so, which is yeah, and so obviously we we know that she ends up dying in childbirth, giving birth to Tyrion, and that's really where he I think he yeah again same probably, thing. I mean maybe maybe that maybe that's kind of what both happens is is you know it's Ares we'll get to it he gets kidnapped and that's really where he kind of like snaps and then Tywin same kind of thing where he, mm-hmm. he has a dramatic shift. Um, but so uh, sadly, the marriage between Ares and his sister Rayla was not as happy, um, though she turns a blind eye to most of the king's infidelities. The queen did not approve of his turning uh, my ladies into his whores. Joanna Lannister was not the first lady to be dismissed abruptly from her king's service, nor was she the last. Uh, relations between the king and queen grew even more strained when Rayla proved unable to give him any further children. Now, he had remember he had. Um, Rhaegar was born mm-hmm. at, at Summer Hall. Yeah. So she was already, she already had one, one kid. She has, she has a handful of miscarriages, a stillborn right. daughter. Um, and then she has a Prince Darren who dies like almost after half a year. Right. And then another stillbirth in 270. I mean, she actually is like, she spends like, it's like 12, 13 years like pregnant. Yeah. Yep. Like just having miscarriages and like a, a handful of kids that just are born and immediately die. 
Um, and then um, kind of sh- shift around here. The way this book is written, sometimes it has like these like segmented um, other things from like another maester's perspective here. So um, it talks a little bit about the rumor of Joanna. Yeah, because she was abruptly dismissed. Yes, yeah. Right? So Joanna Lannister is abruptly dismissed, and this is where it goes. We we talked quite a bit about did he take liberties mm-hmm. um, during the betting ceremony. Right, so it says, uh, rumors that Joanna Lannister gave up her, maiden, her maidenhead to Prince Aerys the night of his uh, father's coronation and enjoyed a brief um, uh, reign as his paramour after he ascended the Iron Throne uh, can safely be discounted, as Pycelle insisted in his letters. Tywin Lannister uh, would scarce have taken his cousin to wife if that had been true, for he... Um, was ever a proud man and not one accustomed to feasting upon another man's leavings. Mm-hmm. So Pycelle's trying to put that to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been reliably reported, however, that King Ares took um, you know, uh, unwanted liberties with Lady Joanna's uh, person during her betting uh, ceremony to Tywin's displeasure. Uh, not long thereafter, Queen Rhaella dismissed Joanna Lannister from her service. No reason for this was ever given, but Lady Joanna departed at once from Castle Rock and seldom visited King's Landing thereafter. And so that goes back to what I know you're going to say is the twins. Right. So yeah. to me, the like the the I, I used to be a big kind of Tyrion is a Targaryen believer, but I think I think I've really come come off that quite a bit just because it just it seems there's really like when you start looking at the timelines and when things are happening, it seems almost like there's just no way. It would have happened because if he took liberties on the betting night, then that there's that would make the twins that make Jamie and Cersei more of his children than it would make Tyrion because Tyrion comes after. Well, yeah, and you, and, and you look at the the incestual nature, right? right? And you, the, if you want to put like a characteristic, character, find a similar characteristic between the uh, Lannisters and Targaryens, it's like that's where it right. crops up, you know? Right, and Cersei seems much more like. The Mad King, especially in like the show, right? Yeah, the Mad Where Queen she's like now, and Mad she, Queen, and in, in yeah. the show, then Tywin mm-hmm. and Jamie seems kind of less like, you know, not he doesn't really seem super like his father. He kind of does his own thing. If you really want to look at it, it, it think of um, think of the difference between some we sometimes have between Targaryens when they're born very close, right? Like mm-hmm. think about Aenys and Magor. Right, is yep. one is very bookish and kind of, not that Jamie is bookish, but just right. Jamie's, you Different. know, he's 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 not a grand huge schemer like Tywin and like mad mm-hmm. of power. He just wants he wants to love his sister and yeah, and you know, like he's in a way he's kind of more similar to Robert than he is to his own dad. You know, yeah. just kind of he just kind of wants to do his own thing and, that, and that's fine. Whereas Cersei wants absolute power, mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. just interesting. So I think there's a. We don't know. We'd have to look at the timeline to specifically confirm that. But um, to me, that right there, this thing where she, if she's vel- seldomly visiting King's Landing, how, when would the, when would the, Sir, the Joanna and Mad King thing happen? Right. To yeah. make Tyrion, right? Yeah, I get you. Yep. Um, all right. So then it goes back into after her, after, at first, his grace comforted Rayla in her grief, but over time, his, Compassion turns into suspicion. Yeah, concerning the the stillborns, right? All mm-hmm. those stillborns. Yeah. By 270 AC, he has decided that the queen was being unfaithful to him, and he has said, uh, "The gods will not suffer a bastard to sit the Iron Throne." Which, of course, is mm-hmm. really interesting. Maybe they're, you know, I don't know, because mm-hmm. I think there's yep. already been some bastards sitting on the Iron Throne. 
Yeah, there may have, right, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> go Ironic. see go yeah. see uh Darren Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Um all right. But um thereafter he he forb- he doesn't allow the queen to leave uh the confines of Maegar's Holdfast and dis- and dis- decreed that two septas would henceforth share her bed every night to see that she remains true to her vows. So this is really where he starts to it's lose it. It's he does start to lose it. <laughs> and do you think it's because it kind of the different paths that he and Tywin go on. Um, you know, they're, like they're friends, and then this friend, they're, they're friends growing up, and that ultimately kind of turns into a rivalry. Uh, you possibly, yeah, because there's already already the, the, we've already mentioned the whisperings that are going on, and people are already starting to say things about, you know. Um, now, my thinking is it kind of the way this jumps around is like some of this stuff happens before he becomes king, right? Just the way the book tells, yeah, it, just yeah. the way it, it, it tells it. So. I don't really know. I just think he's a, he's he has a suspicious nature in general. Yeah. You know, um, no one ever thinks that it's their issue. I mean, like Aegon the Fifth actually warned the Targaryens about this that you know the seed could become not so strong. Yeah. You know, if we keep up with the incestual, you know, uh, situation. Sometimes you got to go through and purify things a little bit yeah. or whatever. You know, shake it up. So yeah. I don't know. I think this is sort of the result of. Of that, really. It's mm-hmm. difficult for them to have children. Yeah. So. Um, and here we go. Uh, what what Tywin Lannister made of this uh, is not recorded, but in 266 at Castle Rock, Lady Joanna gives pair, um, birth to a pair of twins. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, so that's before, right? So here it says 270 is when he gets suspicious, but 266 at Castle Rock is where she had given birth to twins. Um, and the birth only exasperated the tension between Ares the second and his hand I and he says I appeared to have married the wrong woman yeah right so he's, he's already upset about that and then in two 270s where he decides she's being unfaithful mm-hmm. see but the way it's told because it's just like you right said like you still, said yeah this book does sometimes it kind of jumps back and forth in timelines mm-hmm. and so you kind of have to okay stagger things and look at just look at look at it right yeah, because he was crowned on in 262. Yeah. Yeah. And so by 270, we've got yeah. this drama. Yeah, going and so on. in 267, you. which is still before he's freaking out about his wife, is when Lord Titus Lannister dies at the age of 6 and 40. Um, it says his heart burst while he was climbing a, while he was climbing a step hmm. in his in his bedchambers. Uh, with his passing, Sir Tywin Lannister becomes Lord of Casterly Rock, Warden to the West. Um, it says he returns... To the West to attend his father's funeral and set the Westerlands in order. King Ares decided to accompany him. So that's in 267. Um, those Greys left behind, left the Queen behind in King's Landing. Um, he took the eight, he took his eight-year-old son Rhaegar, Prince of Dragonstone, and more than half the court for the better part of next year. The Seven Kingdoms was ruled from Lannisport and Casterly Rock, where both the King and his hand were in residence. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, so that would have to be we'd have, we'd have to look when Tyrion was born, because uh, I guess that would probably be the only time it could have happened, right? Well, let's see. So if the, if, the, if you want to if you want to if you do want to look at that Tyrion, let me pull it up. Let me find as it. as to when he's when he's there. Yeah, just look up when he's when he's born, um, because yeah, in two sixty six, as you said, um, two sixty six AC is when Lady Joanna gave birth to those twins, uh, Jamie and Cersei. Um, and then yeah, yeah. he's born in 273. So that's yeah, no, because they're they're back they're back in King's Landing by 268. Yeah, so that would not have. But that no, doesn't mean that you couldn't come back again later. But it's um, 
right we'll keep going and kind of kind of see what other dates we have um right okay um let's see here yeah so the court made in king's landing at 268 and governance resumed as before mm-hmm. but it was uh plain to all to see it was plain to all to see that the friendship between the king and his hand was fraying where previously Ares had sided with Taiwan on most matters now they kind of dis they they disagree here a little bit right this is this is where as you, as you said there that we start to get into these um things where Lord Tywin goes in and uh, is is settling these disputes between, mm-hmm. you know, like you got House Blackwood, House Bracken. He's also doing things with taxes. Um, his grace comes in and overrules him um, and sort of like just un- undoes what the hand does. You know, he's mm-hmm. going around kind of contradicting his own hand, uh, which, is, which is weird. He's just trying to reassert himself, I think, you know. Yeah. So. Um, and then and it says around 270, um he starts to dismiss any Westermen in his, in his council. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, uh, even, and he didn't like, trust him. He starts to no. get real suspicious. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he just, just disregard anything that Tywin is saying. Um, he kind of refers to them as the hands man, uh, and their places. King ain't, Ares appointed men of his own favor, but the King's favor had become a chancy thing. His mistrust easy to awaken. Uh, even the hands own kin were not exempt from uh, royal displeasure. When Lord Tywin wished to name his brother Sir Tygett Lannister as the Red Keep's master at arms, Sir Ares gave the post to Sir Willem Derry instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. um, yeah, so the, about this time is when King Ares has kind of it says he becomes aware that the widespread belief that he himself was but a hollow figurehead and Tywin was the true master of the Seven Kingdoms. Um. Right, and he's upset. He wants to kind of do something to to correct that. And um, I guess every like, so this is kind of neat. You get some in, insight into when you have attorneys. I mean, King can make attorney whenever he wants, but Absolutely, they yeah. they kind of come up with the uh, the, the great, great anniversary. anniversary attorney. Yeah, two seventy two AC. Yeah, and that's his tenth year, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. His tenth year, his tenth year upon upon the throne. Joanna Lannister brought her six year old twins, Jamie and Cersei, from Castle Rock to present before the court. The king uh, asked her if giving suck to them had ruined your breasts, which were so high and proud. The question greatly amused Lord Tywin's rivals, who were always pleased to see the hand um, slighted, and you know, and it just humiliates. Joanna, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and so then Tywin attempts to return his chain of here. Um, yeah, he gives up the. Uh, yeah, he, he tries to leave. Yeah, he, he tries to leave, but the hand. king refuses his resignation. Yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, who can give it to you? Like things have been running so smoothly, and like you're trying to now take credit. Really, the king is his worst own is his, his worst enemy. He is Absolutely. trying to undo all these all these good things. Um, and again, we're getting just this perspective. There might be obviously it sounds like there are other high lords who aren't getting all the benefits of what, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lord Tywin's, you know, um, mm-hmm. laws and rulings and things like that. But yeah. And basically what this does is, um, it just, he could, he, it says he could dismiss Tywin at any time, but instead he kind of wants to keep him close, uh, laboring on his behalf. Um, even though he begins to undermine him kind of, this is where, this is where Tywin starts to undermine the King. Um, and it says, you know, people are, he's just kind of making fun of Tywin whenever he gets a chance. And mm-hmm. Tywin is suffer, just suffers in silence. Yeah. Cause he knows he's just plotting. I think he's beginning to kind of plot and say, okay, I think this is about the time that I get out. Right. Um, so in 273, I was, we said Tyrion comes and, uh, 
you know, it says, this is just interesting about Tyrion. Uh, the babe was named, was a malformed dwarfish babe born with stunted legs and oversized head and mismatched demonic eyes. Some reports also suggested he had a tail, which was looped off at his Lord Father's command. Mm-hmm. Lord Tywin's doom. The small folk called it this ill-made creature and Lord Tywin's bane. Upon hearing of his birth, King Aerys infamously said, the gods cannot abide such arrogance. They have placed a fair flower from his hand and given him a monster in her place to teach him some humility at last. Uh, yeah. So just right. Tyrion. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, but there, there, when you read this, so there's really no, I mean, in, in two seventy two, he's at the turn, he's insulting her, you mm-hmm. know, and it doesn't sound like there was anything. It sounds like it was like, if there, anything happened, it was like years before. Right. Where, yeah, you know, that would have to be it. It would have to be at that tourney for it to be right, and it sounds like yeah, she was humiliated and things, and and Tywin's super suspicious. They're not nothing's going to happen there unless yeah. you know a fight's going to break out, you know, war, etc. Um, so I, right. I just don't see it happening. But unless unless he did it in secret and, and silently yeah. pressed himself on her or something crazy, but yeah. you know that that I don't know. So yeah, so and so Tywin uh, stays on his hand of the king still dealing is dealing with the the Seven Kingdoms. Um, the king grew. He's this is the king is really starting to grow more erratic and violent uh, mm-hmm. and suspicious. It says Ares began to surround himself with informers, um, paying handsome rewards to men for of dubious repute for whispers, lies, and treasons. And this is where he uh, this is where he brings over Varys. Right, he brings over Varys. Um, real a quick little note: uh, Sir Ilan Payne is actually close with the Lannisters and that's mm-hmm. that's something to remember and actually uh is like mocking the king gets his cu- that's when he gets right. his tongue cut out yeah so just an interesting yeah, with red hot red hot yeah, pincers yeah yeah so just it's, a neat connection back to the series um yeah so you know who you know who Ilan Payne is is uh in in league with mm-hmm. so but yeah then he, he brings on Varys and and he starts to kind of um suspect everybody he wanted he had heard rumor of this master of whispers type mm-hmm. of thing and so he, he decides yeah and to bring then uh, over. Yeah, 274, the queen also has, Queen Rhaella gives birth to another son, uh, going to call him Prince Jaehaerys, and it says this is like the queen, oh, it seems to restore himself to his old his old self, mm-hmm. um, but then Prince Jaehaerys dies a year later, and then Ares goes back into, into despair. despair. I mean, he honestly has like a rough road there, he too. He does. Like, all, all those kids are being born and dying and stuff. It's like, what are you supposed to do? I mean, this is like... Like, like, because after the tragedy of Summerhall, I don't know if we mentioned it, but like that really cut down the Targaryens. Absolutely, like there's a lot of them that like died in, in that yeah. tragedy, and so he's trying to re- repopulate them, bring them, bring them back. You yeah, because his dad, I mean, his dad dies, you know, like just just before him, right. and so then he's he's re- well, it's really like him and his just a couple branches is what it says after Summerhall, just a it's really tree just left. him and his sister, right? Is, who is his wife? I think. Yeah, there, I mean, there might be more that if you go back and look at who was coming down right. off of the other. that They weren't in the lo- royal line, but there were, there were other yeah. uh, Targaryens. It doesn't really tell us who or, or what um, right. or, or when, etc. Yeah, and so um, so anyway, so, so after, after, after this Prince Jaehaerys, that's a baby that dies, um, this, this is when, this is when uh, King Aerys, I think, again, this is like that next step in descent in, in, into madness, uh, says he, he fasts for a fortnight and makes a walk of repentance across the city to the Great Sept, which just causes mm-hmm. me to think of Cersei, yeah. um, to pray with the High Septum. On his return, he announced that he would sleep only with his lawful wife. 
Queen Rayella, um, if the Chronicles can can be believed, Aries remained true to his vow, losing all interest in the Charms Woman from that day in 275 AC. Dang, that's crazy, right? I mean, that's and so then, clearly he must be sleeping with other women. Yeah, but, but yeah, before that point, yeah. Right. Um, and so the, the gods are frowning upon him essentially right. because he's doing they they. they I mean, he didn't. It wasn't as many as like Aegon, you know, or Robert, the, or the, the unworthy, you right. know. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot, and so he repents here, and then he's actually rewarded the next year mm-hmm. with Viserys. Yeah. So which is which is neat. So he gets a he gets a son that's gonna live, you know, and yeah, robust. For, yeah, you know, and then he gets he gets he gets a crown later. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the yeah the birth of Prince Viserys makes him kind of uh, says although it doesn't. When he's born, though, it just says it makes him uh, more fearful and obsessive because he's like super nervous that something yeah. bad is going to ha- him is happen to his son, and so he has like yeah. Kingsguard constantly protecting him, and he has like food testers, right? Um, and so, um, yeah, it says that he wants he wants like food testers to suckle on like his wet nurses to make sure that there's not that she didn't smear poison on their nipples, and mm-hmm. just like super weird and right and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, now they say something interesting here that that Lord Tywin actually, in celebration of Viserys' birth, tried to make a good uh, gesture here and mm-hmm. actually to to reconcile things and holds a a tourney right um, in Viserys' name, right in, in Viserys' name, and King uh, King Aerys uh, at first refused to attend, then relented, but the queen and her newborn uh, son were kept under uh, confinement back at King's Landing. Yeah, um, there seated on his throne amongst hundreds of nobles. In the shadow of Castle Rock, the king cheered lustily at his, as his son Prince Rhaegar, newly knighted, unhorsed, um, you know, both of uh, is, is it is it Tiget and yeah, and, uh, yeah Tiget and and Garion and Garen, yeah, Lannister. It, those are Tywin's brothers, and even overcame Sir Barristan Selmy before yep. falling in the champion's tilt to the renowned Kingsguard Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the first time we hear of uh, Sir Arthur Dane. Um, perhaps seeking to gain advantage of his grace's high spirits, Lord Tywin chose that very uh, night to suggest that it would pass times for the king's heir uh, wed and produce his heir of his own. And this is where he proposes Cersei uh, to marry to marry Rhaegar. Yeah. Um, and wow, if only he'd done that. Yeah, you mean if he would have just <laughs> taken taken that right then and there? Yeah. yeah. Um, but but that was really. I mean, he's still. Although it's a good gesture, I mean, and he's trying to reconcile things, all he can hear in the back of his mind is people saying that the that no, the the he wants to separate himself from Tywin. Yep. He's really trying to show the realm that he's the king, you know. Mm-hmm. And so all he sees in this is like another way for Tywin to, you know, um bolster his own yeah. power and his reach and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, he vetoes that. Yeah, and so uh said so he does he does what he nor did his grace says uh he calls him like he reminds Lord Tywin that he is a good and valuable servant, yet a servant nonetheless. Mm-hmm. He also does not agree to appoint uh Jamie as a squire to Prince Rhaegar. Mm-hmm. Um and later he screws like you could argue, screws Jamie over and more so Tywin over big time. Yeah. Um and so it says around this time it was pretty plain to see in our two seventy seven that he was Ares is really starting to slip into madness. And this is where the final break happens. You have the defiance of Duskendale. Uh, The Harbin town of Duskendale had been a seat of kings of old in the days of a hundred kingdoms. Once the most important on the Blackwater Bay, 
the town had seen its trade dwindle and its wealth shrink as King's Landing grew and um, Bert and what is that word? Cesar? I don't know where you're at. I don't know. Anyway, just as it, as it grows, uh, a decline uh, that its young lord Dennis uh, Darklin wished to halt. Many uh, have long debated why Lord Darklin chose to do what he did, but most agree that his mirish wife, uh, Lady Sorella, uh, played. She plays. She plays a part, and uh, basically, they um, they just they uh, they kidnap ultimately the king. Mm-hmm. Is 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 you know the, ultimately what happens is it, it starts out with just kind of like a, a defiance of, of the kingdom, right. and then uh, they just you know they, they kidnap him, and then it's actually uh, well, it's crazy because the the because the Mad King actually refuses the the advice of Tywin, mm-hmm. and he actually doesn't it say that he um, he traveled to Duskendale with a small escort um, led by uh, mm-hmm. Gawain Gaunt of the King's Guard. Uh, the invitation proved to be a trap, however, and one of the Targaryen, uh, and and one that the, the the Targaryen king walked into blindly. Mm-hmm. He seized with his escort and so on. So like he was actually warned not to go there. I yeah. mean, Tywin's still trying to like this is not a good idea. Yeah, it's never a good idea for the king to just go into like a hostile. Great, it's, it's en- literally doesn't this? I don't know. You think if he's super suspicious and, and everything, yeah, it like, is weird. I actually think there were people that you know once he starts to kind of push um maybe we'll get more of this someday but like once he pushes Taiwan and, and Taiwan's men and the western men out it's like he surrounds himself with these other people who take advantage yeah I of the so. mad king and so i yeah. think they actually might have pushed him this is me again speculating that's possible yeah own, but i just think they want to send him in there to get yeah. him get captured so and, yeah it's, uh, it's, yeah Pycel says that uh he he wants to that he wants to settle this himself right mm-hmm. and so he goes and he basically gets he basically gets captured and then you know they're put obviously then put in this like ridiculous situation, yeah. Um, and they're they're basically saying like if you come in here we're gonna kill him. But I don't know what their plan is. I just right. don't think they ever expected it. I think I think, you know, I, yeah. What happened there that caused them to <laughs> seize him and like actually you know capture him? You know, right? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. So yeah, and so you know then it's like like. Tywin and these other people are kind of like in shock. It says, you know, there there's people who are saying if you do like a sudden assault to kind of free the town and punish these rebels, um, then they're gonna they're just gonna kill they're gonna kill the king. Um, taking by a storm would be no easy task. Uh, Lord Tywin sends out uh, riders and ravens. He's starting to build up this force, and then Lord Dennis uh, Darkland says anybody who tries to come in here and, th- and that town is kind of like a fortress the way it's built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, saying anybody who does it, you know, we're going to, we're going to kill him. But it is interesting because obviously Rhaegar is young and, you know, he, at this point, we, what we know about Rhaegar is that he's bookish, but obviously you would have to think there are people. He's who, old enough to be king. I mean, well, he is, or at least have a regent for a little bit. Yeah. I think he's over, I think he's, he's 18. He or, still has his mom. Yeah, yeah. I think he's 18 or 17 right now. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He would yeah, be. Yep. Yeah, and so it's like you would have to you would have to think that there would be people at this point that are like, cool, cool. Yeah, go for it. We've got yeah. Rhaegar. You know, you wouldn't like, need Robert's Rebellion. You wouldn't need any of that yeah. stuff, right? Because not like they have yeah the other royal family. He took to, you know, some of his council members with him and some of his Kingsguard. Yeah, which are slayed. They're killed there. Right. Trying to, to defend the king, but um, and and you would have to think that um, we don't get this, but the end because later Rhaegar's plan is to overthrow his dad. Uh uh-huh, yeah. When we get when we once we get to the tourney at Harrenhal and and stuff like that, and so you would have to think at this point, Rhaegar is you know now we're totally off off the 
World of Ice and Fire book, um, just tinfoil hatting it here. But it, the way I think about it is, you know, at this point, Rhaegar is already, he's already picked up the sword mm-hmm. yep. and potentially started really realizing this, you know, three heads of the dragon kind of thing. Whether that does relate to Azor High or not, we at least know that Rhaegar is all about the three heads of the dragon, that kind of prophecy, whether it does tie into Azor High right, or not. Right. Um, so, you know, he's got to be thinking about going that. So he right. doesn't, he at least doesn't think he needs to be king. So what is it later that is it just when the Mad King burns, you know, Brandon Stark is when he's like, all right, we got to. Uh, yeah, well, no, because the turning at Harrenhal happens before that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that. yeah. So. So anywho, um, but but now back to this, they actually so Tywin, I mean, again, showing, you know, his just that he's trying to do his best for the realm yeah. uh, shows up, surrounds, uh, you know, um, uh, Duskendale, Duskendale. Mm-hmm. and uh, and and they're in there. I think they're they believe the Lord of Duskendale believes that he can he can outweigh. He'll get better terms because basically Tywin tells him surrender, complete surrender. Yep. You know, uh, put an end to this, etc. Um, otherwise, I'm going to come in there and kill every single one of you. Well, you'd have to know if that you surrendered, you're dead either, uh, too. Well, it sounded like his terms were though, if you surrender completely and everything, that you would be spared. Yeah. Although you're in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "No, we're dead." Yeah, you know what I mean? but, <laughs> yeah, like like it's it's maybe they'll spare. You're some in people. a no-win situation. I mean, I don't even think you could take the black. Like, but, I, but my question: Who who in there? Also, what is what is Ares going to do? Ares, you know, if Ares, oh, exactly. Yeah, Once like, Ares becomes back in, like, gets back in power, he's going to want to kill every single one of those guys. Yeah, you're you're, you're right you're, about that. Yeah, your only your only hope is to be like, I want like we want like safe passage to Essos. Like, right. at this point, you're screwed. Like, right, right, exactly. Um, so yeah. So anyways, um, so yeah, Tywin's kind of refusing, um, to give them any different terms, etc. Um, he refused again. Lord Tywin promised he would take down the town by storm and put every man, woman, and child, um, you know, within to the sword. And, uh, they say that, uh, he sent his bard to deliver yeah, the ultimate yeah. command and, uh, and commanded him to sing the reigns of Castamere, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for Lord, uh, for Lord Denny's and, uh, yeah so and that was yeah yeah and and right and right here though is uh there's people are saying most of the small council thought that uh you're gonna kill the king and uh tywin says you know he may or may not die but uh if he does we have a better king right here where he raised a hand to rhaegar yeah yep yeah so scholars have debated ever since what was lord tywin's intent uh, does does he do it to see if he would back down? You know, uh, Duskin, you know. Well, a couple things can come out of this, right? Because if Tywin um, does back down and stuff like that, then his reputation also. So it's he's he's win win right. here, right here. So oh, he's in he's the there he is in a no lose situation. Exactly. So he either gets this guy who's just been insulting him and his wife and stuff like that killed, uh, yeah. and gets to place a new you know respectable young man on the throne and possibly right. still be hand of the king and right. still kind of do his thing. Um, and also, if it doesn't work out that way, then he showed the realm that he is not going to balk. You know, right. He is going to basically, right. You know, follow through. And on even his promise. right, and and even 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 if it goes totally south and they they do kill him, he's in this situation where it's like, well, like, what do you want? What like what else, what else could we have done? Like, it's, this has been going yeah. on for like months. Right. So he's right. in there for like six months. So yeah. But then uh, what happens here? Uh, none will ever know for certain, thanks to the courage of Sir Barrison Selmy of the Kingsguard. Uh, Sir Barrison offered to enter the town in secret, find his way to the Dunfort, and uh, spirit the king to safety. Selmy had been known as Barrison the Bold since his youth, but his boldness 
Uh, but this was a boldness that Tywin Lannister felt bordered on madness. Mm-hmm. Yet such uh, was his respect for the prowess and courage of Ser Barristan that he gave him a day to attempt his plan before storming Duskendale. And we've been talking yeah. about we've been talking about the feats of Ser Barristan Selmy, right? Um, leading up to this, I remember he beat Sir Duncan the Tall. He slew uh, Manes or uh, what? Not, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, the monstrous the monstrous yeah. Maylies Blackfire. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and then he ends up doing it. Barrison totally right, gets him out. Totally succeeds. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, really, what's interesting is after this, like they don't even realize. Takes him some time to realize that Ares has actually been out of the dungeon. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, and it goes on to say that not only did he uh, fight. So after after he gets him out and he gets him to uh, to to safety, um, he let's see, wait. Uh, and then the true uh, breath of Sir Barristan's heroism was revealed, for he stood and fought rather than surrender himself yeah. or the king. So, um, is, he, is he caught there for a second? What happens there? Yeah, they, they they kind of they kind of, they kind of the, the king's absence has, has been noted. Oh, okay, uh, and, and a cry goes up. So Barristan Selmy's fighting like a bunch of people, right? Because he's, he's, yeah. he's, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a boss. Yeah, he's a boss. Yeah, he's just like he's like okay. I mean, he takes out Lord Darkland's uh, uh, good brother and and master at arms, which is a pretty big deal. You yeah. Know? Um, and a couple other guardsmen, you know, he takes them down. Yeah, so he's avenging the the deaths also of his yeah. uh, Kingsguard brother, bro- yeah. you know, brothers, which yeah. is which is kind of cool because yeah, they so were in Gwen there. Got, and, the Kingsguard had been killed at Hollard's hand. Who's yeah? So, so he he runs the stable. <coughs> excuse me, and uh, gets him out the Dunfort, and then uh, he races up the walls as Lord Tywin's archers tends to kind of clear of it of of defenders, and then when they're out, I mean Tywin just. We're going in. Yeah. Um, so when when <laughs> when Darklin and his family were presented to the king later, this mm-hmm. is to, to Ares. Ares demanded their deaths, and not only uh, Darklin's immediate uh, kin, but his uncles and aunts, uh, even distant kinsmen in Duskendale. Wow, isn't mm-hmm. that crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, as you said, like you, we, there was no. They probably. I would think they would knew. I mean, that they would know this. So it says that they. Um, well, yeah, it says that they doubtfully knew the terrible revenge that the king you know, w- w- would intend. Um, so anyways, uh, he kills them all, and um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty well, awesome. Well, exa- exa- except for one. Uh, yeah, only uh, Sir, Sir Simon's young nephew. Yeah, Dantas uh, Hollard. Dantas Hollard. Yeah, yeah, who is Sir, yeah. Sir Dantas. Which is, which yeah. is interesting. He's, you know, he's, he's the one who gets super drunk and right. helps, helps right. Sansa escape. Yeah, good point. That's a good connection there, yeah. Um, and and then um, only then because Sir Barristan begged that mercy, um, you know, be uh, that the, the king have some mercy, and the king, um, you know, he couldn't refuse Sir Barristan. Barristan, right? Because you know, yeah, he saved, saved him. him, right? So, so yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And then yeah, Lady uh, Sarala, uh, uh, hers was a crueler death. Ares had the uh, the lace serpent's tongue and her um, womanly parts torn out before she was burned alive. Ooh. Yeah, why? Why it's so weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then right here, so it really says like uh, captivity at Duskendale had, had shattered whatever sanity he has less. This is where he like he doesn't shower, doesn't bathe, doesn't right. trim his nails, and they grow to these like long kind of claw type things. Right, he's um, losing it. Yeah, he's he's losing. He says like no sword can be around me except for the sword of my king's guard. Yeah. This is where he becomes like crueler and harsher, and that was really the first person he I think is he's, he's like we're burning. Her. And I think that's really where 
um, it starts. So anyway, yeah. so he goes back and then he says he, he's almost like a prisoner in his own castle for the next four years mm-hmm. where he's just he's just growing more suspicious of anyone around him. Tywin in particular, um, Prince Rhaegar, he, he was convinced had conspired with Tywin to have him slain at Duskendale. So he's even this is where he's We've even, probably heard rumors and stuff. Right. You know? So this is where he's he's he at this point, he's not even right you know, he He's wary of even. Of even Rhaegar, yeah, of his own son and and Tywin there, so yeah, yeah, and we don't, and you know, one thing this this chapter does not mention at all is anything about his relationship with Viserys, because um, we know Viserys is just you know a little kid. I mean, Viserys is maybe three or four. I would have to think by the mm-hmm. time by the time he flees, okay, just not at the top of my head. So I I don't know if we if Viserys knows much really about. Yeah, he was a little bit. Wait, you mean when he's because well, he flees the dragon, so, but I mean clearly he's. I mean he's. Oh yeah, I think he. Well, yeah, at this time he's three. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like later on he's like what six, seven or eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean he he doesn't know much about he, he this, doesn't these events at all. But I mean, yeah. he's just heard about them. Right. Yeah. As as he as he's as he grew up just again he's only like he's still super young when he when yeah. he takes off out of there. But yeah. So then finally, so finally, um, he uh, he he finally gets rid of. Uh, Tywin, uh, yeah, and he starts to kind of close some, uh, call mm-hmm. some close friends around, right? Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, determined to prevent that from happening, uh, that's um, Rhaegar and Tywin overthrowing him. Uh, King Aerys turned to another friend of his childhood, summoning Stefan Baratheon from Storm's End and naming him to the small council. In, in 278 AC, the king sent Lord Stefan across the narrow sea on a mission to Old Volantis to seek a suitable bride for Rhaegar. Uh, a maid of noble birth from an old Valyrian bloodline. That is, Grace entrusted this task to Lord uh, Storm's End rather than his hand, or Rhaegar himself speaks volumes. The rumors uh, were rife that Ares meant to make Lord Stefan his new hand upon the successful completion of the mission. Uh, the Tywin is about to be removed from office, arrested, and tried for high treason. There was a many lord who took delight in that prospect. The gods, on the other hand, uh, have, they have like a different outcome. Stefan... Mm-hmm. Uh, Baratheon's mission ends in failure. On his return from Volantis, his ship sinks in Shipbreaker's Bay within sight of Storm's End. Said Lord Stefan and his wife were both drowned as their two elder sons watched from the castle walls. Right. And so Robert now. Robert becomes... and, and Stannis. And this yeah. this we get a little more telling with uh, Patchface, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Patchface. The only, one who watched, the only one who washed up and was yeah. spared. Yeah, it's Patchface. Um, yeah, so... So yeah, so um, and then uh, just goes on a little bit here. The Aries thought basically that Tywin was like right, did, like did had it. some hand in it this, had some yeah. hand in it, yeah. And then uh, that's that's the madness for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? in the years that follow, the king's madness deepened. Though Tywin Lannister continued his hand, Aries no longer met with him, uh, save in the presence of all seven Kingsguard. Convinced that the small folk and lords were plotting against his life, and fearing that even Queen Rhaella and Prince Rhaegar might be part of these plots, he reached. He reached across the narrow sea to Pentos, and this is where he, this is where he brings in in Varys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. He brings in he brings in Varys. He starts to get this obsession with uh, wildfire too at the mm-hmm. same time. So he's collecting pyromancers. He's basically setting up the defenses around himself as much as he can. So mm-hmm. um, he he wants he wants dragonstone. He wants dragons or dragon eggs brought from wherever. Um, right. Says he brings a lot from dragonstone. Some yeah. some old that they in fact were stone. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and then it, it's around what 280 AC is is when he turns to the Guild of Alchemists. Right. And yeah. uh, right shortly after that, the the whole realm is basically now starting to nickname him the Mad King. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, he starts, so. yeah, two eighties when he starts burning people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I do think it's interesting. He becomes obsessed with dragon fire, um, yeah. and then it says he turns to the the alchemist who knew the secret of wildfire, which is said to be like a close cousin. So there is like this difference between wildfire and dragon fire, right. yep. which is just interesting because that raises a lot of questions. Yeah, going forward, about it does. Is can wildfire kill? Um, yeah, what, what are the differences? What are the different properties? Right. What are the different properties? Can yeah. wildfire kill whites or others? I would assume it would kill whites because it seems like regular fire can. But yeah. can it kill white walkers as opposed to dragon fire, which we're assuming dragon fire can kill white walkers. Right. In the show, we just see it kill a bunch of whites. We don't see it kill a, a white walker. Yep. Yep. Um, so moving on just a bit now, uh, we, we switch back to Rhaegar here just a little bit. And his uh, relationship, he's actually um, betrothed to Princess Elia Martell mm-hmm. uh, in 279 AC, and obviously they choose not to live in the Red Keep, yeah, because you know dad's going crazy, um, and 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 whatnot. So uh, his his younger siblings were not allowed to attend mm-hmm. the wedding, though. So really, they're they're kept um, locked up in the Red Keep, and uh, they actually chose to reside in Dragonstone. So yeah. that's where um, Rhaegar goes with his wife. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that. Oh, let's yeah, see. and so right, this is where this is where the this is where people are, um, you know, a bunch of rumors are getting spread up that Rhaegar is gonna plan to depose his father and seize the Iron Throne for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of this I got into when we get we talk <laughs> about Rhaenys, um, Rhaenys who was born in 280 AC, and how she looked mm-hmm. a lot like her mother Elia Martell, mm-hmm. and when uh, she's taken, so this is, this would be um, this would be Ares' uh, granddaughter, yes. his first grandchild, and well, his second grandchild. Okay, who's the first one? Aegon. No, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, first one, Rainey's. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, because that's the that's that's Rhaegar's oldest daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oldest oldest child, basically dismisses the child as even you know kind of smells Dornish. Smells Dornish. Yeah, you yeah. know, doesn't uh, takes no interest, but you know, um, Rayella does though. She mm-hmm. embraces the baby, the, the the babe warmly and 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 whatnot. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, let's see. The rest of this, though. Boy, the, we're going to get into... Is the Tourney of Hall coming up here? Uh, the Tourney of Harrenhal is... Or is that next, ne- that's is that next week? The ne- that's, that's, that's next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. this, so th- we're going to stop before his reign is truly mm-hmm. over, correct? Yeah, yeah. We will be, we will be stopping because uh, that's... The Fall of the Dragon and Robert's Rebellion are... are we gotta, you gotta, they're, you gotta, they're big. Yeah, you got to spend enough time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, so really, the last thing that really kind of happens here... And this it, it, this ultimately ends when Tywin leaves, right? Yeah, I think is where this chapter ends. So, really, the the, the final kind of nail on the straw is is right here in two eighty one AC. However, the aged Kingsguard knight Sir Harlan uh, Granson passes away in his sleep, and the uneasy accord between Ares and his hand finally snapped when His Grace chose to offer a white cloak to Lord Tywin's eldest son. At five and ten, Sir Jamie Lannister was already a knight. Uh, an honor he had received from the hand of Sir Arthur Dane, mm-hmm. Sword of the Morning, who many considered to be the knight's most chivalrous war. Jamie's knighthood had had been won during Sir Arthur's campaign against the uh, outlaws known as the Kingswood Brotherhood, uh, and none could doubt his prowess. Uh, Sir Jamie is also obviously we know he's he's Tywin's heir, and this you know House it pisses Lannister, Tywin off. 
Absolutely. This is this this is the ultimate slap in the face to Tywin. Right. Because now he it, has no one to he has no other heir. Be, well, I mean, he does technically that it's right, but not one that he's proud of. Not yeah. right. Yeah, because it's it's Tyrion, right? right. So, um, and he is trying to, you know, the hand had been in the midst of negotiating an advantageous marriage pact for certain Jamie. I wonder who he was trying to marry Jamie to. Do we know? Uh, who? The king? Ty, yeah, Tywin was trying to was already oh, trying Tywin. to marry. Was trying to marry Jamie. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know actually. That's that's a really yeah. So he kind of spoils those plans. It doesn't really say. Um, mm-hmm. but we could probably speculate quite a bit, you know, mm-hmm. as to relationships he's trying to make. Yeah. Um, because that's just that's super interesting. Yeah. So, but the final leaving there is like I think uh, Lord Tywin actually is he has to kind of retire his hand. He's mm-hmm. basically claiming that he's ill. Right. Um, and Ares is delighted. Yeah. And lets him go, and, and and he's he's good. He replaces him with uh, uh, Lord Owen Merryweather. Um, who's an old who's an old guy and uh right yeah and he just he he's 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 famed for laughing loudest at every jape and uh you know joke that that the king makes no matter how how feeble yeah 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 so uh, uh henceforth his grace told Pycelle that the realm would know for certainty that the man who wore the crown also ruled the seven kingdoms uh Ares Targaryen and Tywin Lannister had met as boys had fought and bled together in the war of the nine penny kings and had ruled the seven kingdoms together for close to 20 years but in 281 AC this long partnership which had proved so fruitful to the realm came to a bitter end yeah uh, shortly before Lord Walter went, had announced plans for a great tourney to be held at his seat at Harrenhal to celebrate his maiden daughter's name day. King Ares chose this event for the formal um, investor of uh, Sir Jamie Lannister as the knight of the into the knight of the King's Guard, uh, thus setting in motion the events that would end the Mad King's reign uh, and write an end to the long rule of House Targaryen in the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. So yeah, we do end right there before this tourney. Um, you know, is set up, and this is where he's mm-hmm. gonna. Basically, they're gonna give Jamie his white cloak, and um, yeah, and so famous yeah. tourney we talk about it all the time. A lot goes down there, and what have you. So yeah, so next week we're I think we're actually gonna be doing two chapters just because they're both they're in a way they're both kind of short. Robert's Robert's Rebellion is actually only like two pages um, in in this book, and you see so you have kind of the tourney at Harrenhal, the events that lead up to Robert's Rebellion, and then Robert's Rebellion. Yep. So yeah. Wow, okay, so that was a long one, but uh, we wanted to kind of get in some more intel on on Ares. Um, well, this is everything that sets up the first book. So. Yeah, it is, it is. So, so, and again, next week's Maester Study will be kind of uh, detailed as well, too, mm-hmm. as we get into um, Tourney and uh, Rebellion. Yeah. So, okay, uh, let's dive into the... Um, Let's dive into the reread here. Uh, yeah. We are into so we are in uh, Eddard 6, I believe. Yeah. So last week we were in John 4. It's, the way these chapters are kind of worked uh, these past few weeks, it's like Eddard, John, Eddard. So mm-hmm. um, so last week we were in John 4, and where uh, Samuel Tarly had appeared in the yard while John is training the other recruits. Uh, Sir Alistair Thorne had ordered Sam to be beaten, and he yields, and John and his friends aid the new recruit, and uh, later he talks with Sam, and he convinces the other recruits to go easy on him, despite Alistair Thorne's commands. So, two weeks ago, and the last time we were in Eddard, uh, Ned had spoken with Grandmaster Pycelle about Lord John Aaron's final days. On his ways back, he finds Arya training to be a water dancer. Later, he is visited by Littlefinger, who finds... um, finds uh, Lord Aaron's household remaining in King's Landing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this week we're in Eddard 6. Ned and the small council deal with policing problems caused by the upcoming tourney. After the meeting, Jory Cassell reports to Ned on interviews with John Aaron's remaining household. The report includes mention of visits by Lord Aaron and Stannis Baratheon to a brothel and an armorer. Ned orders Jory to identify the brothel and uh, goes to visit the, the armorer himself. There he discovers an apprentice named Gendry, who looks astonishingly like King Robert. Yeah. Is yep. it Gendry or Gendry? Yeah, I, again, that's hey, I avoid, <laughs> you know, back in the day, it's some people call him Gendry, but uh, the audiobook says Gendry, you know? That's so, true. I'm going to call know. him Gendry. Yeah, wh- I think ma- if I, I just if I just read it, though, that's how I would read it. I would not say Gendry. Yeah. Okay. Except for that E sometimes makes that uh, G say Gen. J- yeah. Just yeah. Saying. So, it, uh, but no, it's it's however you want to say it, you know, mm-hmm. Gendry, Gendry. How do they say it in the show? Gendry. Gendry. Okay. Yeah. And you've said it that way for years. So that's what we're going to say. We're going to say Gendry. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Um, and yeah, this is basically a, a lot of what I want to talk about in this chapter has to do with, with Gendry. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll kind of set this up and, and, and get there some important uh, parts from the start of this is that the, the hands attorney um, is causing a ba- bunch of knights, a bunch of uh, free riders, um, you know, uh, men and ladies in attending, all this type of stuff are coming with each night. So each night is kind of bringing uh, a host of people. And uh, for, for that whole host, there's uh, even more thieves mm-hmm. in the city. And so uh, uh, Jana Slint is the, mm-hmm. is the commander of the City Watch. And he comes up later. He's someone who you guys will probably know from uh, the show. Later in the books, he's someone who is, is, is a thorn <laughs> in mm-hmm. the side of uh, Jon Snow and, and company later on. So, yeah, I just I, right here. Um, so I just find it interesting. Just right at right at the bait, you right off the bat. You have uh, Lord Renly uh, talking to Janos. He says, if you cannot keep the king's peace, Janos, perhaps the city watch should be commanded by someone else or someone who can, which is, uh, you know, immediately what Tyrion does in, in the next book. He That's like one of his first acts as hand as he gets rid of. Yeah. Slint, yeah. Well, yeah, she's treacherous and sort of the way in which he um, is either bought or paid off by Littlefinger or whatnot. You know, it's it's just not uh, not good. But I mean, it's crazy because uh, of the betrayal. Ned actually gives him men from his own house yeah, here to absolutely. kind of help keep the peace, you know, and that's that's what he's in there complaining about. And mm-hmm. so um, they hire, what, 50, 50 new about men, 50 men yeah. and then 20 from his own household guard. And he tells Littlefinger, if you can find millions of coin for the freaking uh you know hands tourney then you can mm-hmm. find uh, and ned, yeah, ned to, hates the fact that it's called the hands tourney because he wants right. nothing to do with it right yeah yeah the, the realm prospers from such events my lord grand maester picel said they bring the the great the the chance of glory and the lowly a respite from their woes and puts po- coin in many a pocket little finger adds every inn in the city is full and the whores are walking bow-legged and jingling with each step yeah, and you know the the uh, they're actually they have a point, um, but not uh, it's true in the days of old that the attorneys did do those things, mm-hmm. um, but not when the crown is this much in debt. Is right. sort of Ned's point, right? It's well, like, yeah, he sees the value in attorneys. You know, and things, in uh, in modern in modern times, um, it, it, something something that's kind of I guess similar is the have you ever looked have you ever read like the news articles about the Olympics mm-hmm. and when towns are being chosen right. is that like oh it's great but they have to spend so much money on building these stadiums and then like they don't know what to do with them afterwards right like 
what do we do with this like Olympic stadium? And right. So yeah. Some people are like, it's, it's it's great to get it because it shows, but you have to invest so much money. Right. Yeah. And then what do you do with all that afterwards? Because it's yeah. just it's set up so like specific. Can turn into a ghost town or you know. Yeah, absolutely. Afterwards. Yeah. So. Yep. So, um, but anyways, after he's done with the, the small council there, I think they kind of. Uh, uh, they're they're prepping for it. He's they're getting the, the city under control, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's 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 a little foreshadowing here. Uh, Lord Brandley laughed. We're fortunate my brother Stannis is not with us. Remember the time he uh, proposed to outlaw brothels. The king asked him if he, perhaps he'd like to outlaw eating, shitting, and breathing while he was yeah. at it. The truth <laughs> to be told. Um, then it just talks about his marriage and how he goes into bed marching like a man to a battlefield. Yeah. But uh, Ned had not joined their laughter. I wonder about your brother Stannis as well. I wonder what he intends when he uh, intends to end his visit to Dragonstone and resume his seat on this council. Yeah, it's super. uh, It's one of those things where you're like, wait a second, there's there's a council member that's not there. Mm -hmm. You know, what what is he doing? Why did he leave? Mm -hmm. You know, and this this mystery surrounding uh, John Aaron's death. Mm -hmm. You know that Ned is is looking into, and uh, we're gonna learn more about who was with John Aaron in some of his last days. Um, so yeah, so he heads back up to the tower of the hand, um, and he summons Jory just to kind of fill him in on, you know, I need, I need 20 men to kind of, uh, head out and, and, and help, you know, there. Um, and while he's waiting for Jory or for that to unfold, he looks into that book that was given to him by, uh, Maester Picel, right? Yeah. The lineages and histories of the great houses of the seven kingdoms with description of many high lords and noble ladies and their children by Grand Maester Malian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pycelle had spoken truly. It made for a uh, for ponderous reading. Yet John Aaron had asked for it, and Ned felt certain he had his reasons. There was something here, some truth buried in these in these brittle yellow pages. If only he could see it. But what? Mm-hmm. Talks about that it's over a century old. Scarcely a man now alive had been born um, when Malian had compiled his dusty list of weddings, births, and deaths. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he opens it to the section of House Lannister, turns the pages slowly, hoping uh, to find something. And then it just talks a little bit about their Lannister family history, um, trades all the way back to Land the Clever, a trickster from the Age of Heroes who was no doubt legendary as Bran the Builder. But uh, we learn a little bit more about Lan the Clever. Um, yeah, he kind of wishes he would have had uh, some of his wit here to figure out what yeah. the heck is going on uh, in this book. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah. he ends up. He ends up. He, really, what ends up happening is he. Uh, kind of gets he kind of tricks the casterlies out of casterly rocks with no weapons mm-hmm. he steals gold from them and uh ned uh yeah it says ned wishes he was here now um then jory kind of comes in i promise the city watch 20 of my guard until the tourney is done um and then he kind of and then they, they talk about the stable boy because right. they're still looking for that stable boy which is yeah so they had sent jory out to actually go question uh some of john aaron's you know, like the knight, um, the the um, well, his his squire, you know, who then became a knight, and some of the his other household members, servants, mm-hmm. and things. Um, and so, one of them that they were they were looking at was the stable boy, and basically, um, you know, not much came from the stable boy at mm-hmm. all, really. Um, so, yeah, he just he just talks about you know uh, that he never. He talks about what the hand, the former hand, you know, used to give the lad coppers. Um, Let's see. Wait a second. Wait a second. Is that is that? Yeah, he used to give the lad coppers on their uh, name day. Uh, he says uh, he had a way with horses. Never rode his mount too hard and brought them carrots and apples, so they were always pleased to see him. Um, he is questioning the stable boy, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's questioning the stable boy, and then he's he basically just gets kind of information. Um, and then they kind of learn about where John Aaron was going. Um, and this is where they start talking about the person who I think we believe we know is Sir Hugh, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, where he talks he talks to a serving girl. Um, he says uh, she said Lord John had been reading more than was good for him, and that he was troubled and melancholy over his youth son's frailty. Uh, and gruff with his lady wife, the pot boy now, uh, court, uh, court had never exchanged so much with a word, but Lord John, but he was full of oddments of the kitchen gossip. The Lord had been quarreling with the King. So, um, the Lord only, uh, only picked at his food, just kind of talking about John Aaron's kind of descent, the last days. <laughs> his last days. He's, he's kind of descending into his last own few madness. Months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A, li- a little bit, um, Hmm. Right here, though. The Lord had visited a master armorer to commission a new suit of plate, wrought all in pale silver with a blue jasper falcon and a mother of pearl moon on the breast. The king's own brother had gone with him to help choose the design. The potboy said, no, not Lord Renly, the other one, Lord Stannis. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. It isn't, it, it, like, that is weird because Stannis Baratheon is just not going to go... Like he does not seem like one. He has friends, and two, like even if John Aaron is were were somewhat his friend, it just that is just an obviously an odd thing that Lord that Stannis Baratheon is going to go. Oh, let's go just pick you out a suit of armor. You know what I mean? That is like right. the last thing he like, he seems like he would do. He'd be like pick it out yourself. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and, he so the, the real reason I think he brings Stannis is so he you know he has someone to confide in. And yeah, someone, he's and, King's and, brother. Yeah and, yeah, and and Stannis can look and be like, "This is definitely Rockford's yeah. son." Yeah, right. Yeah, and what's interesting, and don't forget this. So right here, I just noticed something as I'm doing this reread. Uh, the Lord had visited the Master Armorer to commission a new suit of plate, as you just said, uh, silver with a blue jasper falcon uh, and a mother of pearl moon on the the breast. We find out later the the one that they go visit is it Sir did, Hugh of the Vale who wears that armor. Um. Is that, or was that for him? Well, we'll see, you, you see later on. Remember, they say that he didn't. He goes, so did he? Goes, are you the one who commissioned that suit of armor for, um, you know, for, for John Aaron? And he basically right. says, no. Un- unfortunately, he did not grace me with his, you know, with that's with, right. Yeah, you're which right. is interesting, yeah. right? So maybe he was just maybe that was just he was he was seeking multiple, or maybe he was trying to not draw attention to you know, this armorer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so he doesn't go there for his, his, uh, right. Armor. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, it, yeah. Anyways. So yeah, they're inquiring about that and, uh, it's just, you know, trying to figure out what was going through his head. And yeah, he this, says, yeah, he often went riding with Lord Stannis. And right. Stannis again, Ned thought he finds that really curious. John Aaron had been, as he had been cordial, but never friendly. Um, and while Robert had been riding North to Winterfell, Stannis had removed himself to Dragonstone. Mm hmm. So yeah, so yeah. Ned's Ned's just Ned's starting to put some of the the pieces together here. Um, uh, he says they visit they visited a brothel, and he says the the Lord of the Eyrie and the Hand of the King visited brothels with Stannis Baratheon again. Right. This, again, no, this seems like Not nothing likely. that Stannis would ever do. It's suspicious. Yeah, it's yeah, suspicious absolutely. that they're doing this, and, and so this, and the, the, this boy they're questioning insists it's true. Right, they take guardsmen with him. Um, Ned asks which brothel. The boy doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the question becomes like, at what point do we just call Stannis and ask him? Mm-hmm. You know, when do we send we, when do we send for him? And he's not ready to do that yet. He wants to kind of figure out more to this because, um, 
you know, it's it's troublesome. It's just right. it's very interesting. Which man is like one of the worst things, Ned. I know. Had Ned because if, if Stannis, Call were, Stannis if Stan, back. if Stannis were there, like yeah, I know. The, Joffrey would not be ascending to the throne. When even like, Renly might have fallen in line a little bit more. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. Well, then again, I don't know because then then Ned wouldn't be taking capture. Well, no, because next chapter, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, now we're playing what if, but it's fun. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. because next chapter, Catelyn's going to take Tyrion. Yeah, I think that's that chapter yeah. is next. Yeah. So Tywin is already dealing with that. So if Stannis were here, Stannis's army would. I don't know though. But then then Stannis could call out Cersei, and they might have might be nothing they can do about it. Right. That's only, of course, if Robert were to die. If Robert, so if, so yeah. Robert is still alive. A lot of what ifs. Yeah. A lot of what ifs, yeah. yeah. But it's 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 fun. No, it's, yeah, I get you. Um, okay, so anyways, we, we kind of move on just here a little bit. And uh, Jory went to the ro- went to the wardrobe. Uh, Lord Renly um, is brother to Lord Stannis, as well as the king. Mm-hmm. Um, yet it seems that he was not invited on these rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ned was not sure what to make of Renly with all of his friendly ways and easy smiles. Um, a few days passed, he had taken Ned aside to show him an exquisite rose gold locket. Inside was a miniature, um, what was a miniature painted in the vivid mirror style of the lovely girl, of a lovely young girl with doe eyes and a cascade of soft brown hair. Mm-hmm. Renly seemed anxious to know if the girl reminded him of anyone, and when Ned had no answer but a shrug, he seemed disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the maid was Loris Tyrell's sister, Marjorie, he confessed. Um, but there were those who said she looked like Liana, and then Ned just says, "No, you know." I, so I, and he goes on to kind of say, he wonder he wonders if, um, you know, if he's just trying to. If there's some fantasy there, element of like, you know, he's entranced by this girl who mm-hmm. looks like Liana, you know, and uh, whatever. But anyways, the whole the whole conversation struck Ned as passing queer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, uh, and so um. Then they're talking about maybe will Stannis will return for that tourney, and Ned says, "Yeah, unlikely." Right. So then yeah. they, they 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 get they get they get changed, and they they're gonna go start investigating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, investigating people. So he yeah. sends he sends Jory to the the whorehouses, mm-hmm. uh, and so he's uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm sure the men will be glad to help." Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. With that, and then Ned uh, is gonna Ned wants to go talk to this go talk to this armor. Yeah, they head down to 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 the Street of Steel. Mm-hmm. Okay, which I thought was interesting. Um, so yeah, let's see. Uh, Hardly do And this is this is really where Ned is. Uh, you get you get the sense at least that he knows like, you know, some of these men are probably Varuses. Some of these men are. Oh yeah, just that he's being yeah. watched and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so so anyways, let's read here a little bit. Um, as Lord Lord Eddard uh, passed beneath the king's gate into the stink of the city, uh, his gray and white cloak streaming uh, from his shoulders, he saw eyes everywhere, as you said, uh, and kicked his mount into a trot. His guard followed. Um, the street of steel began uh, at the market square beside the river gate, and um, you know it was it was uh, or it was otherwise named the mud gate. You know it was commonly called that. And so as he gets a little closer here, um, they see, oh my gosh, this is, this is something I wanted to point out. People were kind of coming into the city. Those knights that we had talked about were coming in and out of there. Um, he hears it. Well, it's just interesting. Remember, remember the part where Arya is, um, yelling out, um, she's selling things in the street. Yeah. You, you get, I, I just thought it was funny cause it stood out like this in, in the shadow of the, of the wall. Farmers stood beside their wagons, bellowing apples, the best apples, cheap 
at twice the price. Um, and blood melons, sweet as honey, turnips, onions, roots. Uh, here you go, here you go, turnips. I just thought mm-hmm. it was kind of funny because I'm like, oh, God. The, so it's just describing the sounds and stuff. But later on, you know, at least in the TV, is the, does that happen in the book where she's selling those, um, the the clams? Yes. The, yeah, yep. yeah, okay. So, uh, but anyways, so as he's headed through that uh, mud gate, uh, the first rider through the gate carried a long yeah. black banner. Yeah, the silk rippled in the wind. Uh, like a living thing across the fabric was a, was uh, blazoned a night sky slashed with purple lightning. Make way for Lord Beric, the writer shouted. Uh, and so it's Beric Dondarrion, you know, yeah. uh, just super cool. He comes in there and they, they kind of call out to him uh, here to fight in the hands tourney, my lord. And he says here to win the hands tourney. Yeah. Just a cool guy. Although just, let me know. just go ahead and say that I think well, he does. He doesn't win um, no. at all. Barrett and Darian, I, I still question how good is he as a knight? I don't know. He, he's, sort of, he's sort of like an up and coming guy who's like, I just consider him average to above average. Okay. You know, like nothing. I mean, great. to be fair, he, to be fair, he does get killed by the mountain like six times, but he is fighting the mountain. So well, yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but I mean, like, um, you know, no, it's actually, that's the first time he gets killed. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the other times he gets killed, it's basically in. Are they in trial by combat situations or not? Is well, the one, justice? the one is with the hound. The one is with the hound, but um, I'd have to go look. He's he's just slain in battle a couple of times, and they, and, yeah. they, and they bring him back. Um, yeah, I don't know. And he's losing more and more of himself each time he's brought right. back. Now, what's interesting? He's, I think is, he's losing more and more. Is what's happening? Is true, <laughs> true. But he's, but you know, once you lose an eye, then it's a lot harder. You yeah. Know, then, yeah, he's betrothed though to to one of the Danes. Yeah, which is you got to be a pretty you know outstanding guy to to be in yeah. in cahoots with them. I think so. Uh, but I thought that was neat. So he's passing by, um, and uh, we continue down to the street. They basically find the armorer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Toho Mott mm-hmm. is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know that basically he gets wine for the for the king's hand, and right. you know he's he's kind of running around trying to. Here's here's where uh, Sir Ezra's go ahead and say it. Get, get, get your line out here. Which one? Which which, which one? Uh, he's talking about uh, what he's wearing. Oh yeah, where where um, what he's, Toho's he's, Mott's wearing? What yeah, he's wearing that uh, that soft that sapphire, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he wore a black velvet coat with hammers embroidered on the sleeves and silver thread. Around his neck was a heavy silver chain and a sapphire as long as as large as a pigeon's egg. Right, and so if you remember on Fall of Friday, we were talking about moonstones, rubies, and sapphires. Well, we, not sapphires, but I'm throwing sapphires in the mix now. Yeah. Uh, because he's wearing this big, you know, it's wearing he's wearing it around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, it was held on on a silver chain, and so I thought as soon as I read that, I was like, "Wait a second. I just asked everybody on Friday to go check out where all these different, you know." Well, uh, it's interesting because um, stones and rubies. A, a, as as we go here, um, obviously Toho Mott's talking about how his his work is costly. He makes no apologies for that, my lord. Um, and we know that he is one of the only people. Yep. Who he, they they just they spend a lot of time talking about just how good he is, and they say that he's one of the only people who even knows the ancient way of um, to work Valyrian steel, and to and to know that you kind of have to know some spell work. Yep, exactly. So then you, you know, we're just tossing around the total idea that he could be uh, a glamour. It's a glamour. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's more 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 to Toho than meets the eye. You know, in the show, he's he's put off as this guy who's kind of a gruff mean old guy or whatever but like he seems like he's just a master at, at what he does he's also trying to sell mm-hmm. him on some of his some of his stuff he knows how to um 
to mix color into the metal. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that's a big thing. Yeah, they say they had no other, no other people could do it. Right, exactly. And so he does know how to how to work Valyrian steel. So there's that whole bit of spell work. You kind of have to know some of the spells. Plus he's wearing a sapphire around his neck, and he's also harboring um, one of Robert Baratheon's bastards, supposedly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, and so right here, just interesting. This is where it talks about um, the hand did call upon me, um, but he did not honor me with his patronage, um, which is interesting because clearly he's he seems like the best armor in the city. So if you did want like a really nice, right? It was. I, I right. think it was. I mean, t- it's obviously a front is why he's yeah why he's going to him, but mm-hmm. yeah. Know. So anyways, they, they every time they came there though, they wanted they asked to see the boy. Right. And, you know, uh, Ned just kind of plays along. He's like, well, I want to see the boy, too. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm here, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the back and they basically uh, bring out this yeah, boy. Real quick, though. Doesn't John Aaron actually get that armor made? Because isn't he buried? Or he's like, when they, they. I think he does make it. I think it's made. Someone else has, does have it made. I, yeah, I think my point was just that he doesn't choose this armor. And it was maybe to keep the attention away right. from this, this, what's happening here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they asked, yeah, they asked ask to see the boy. He says, I want to see him as well. And he says, as you wish. Um, and then, you know, the, basically he comes out he was, he's, he says the master code called over a tall lad about Rob's age, his arms and his chest corded with muscle. This is Lord Stark, the new hand of the King. He told the boy, um, uh, as, uh, it says, he told the boy as Ned looked at him through sullen blue eyes and pushed back sweat-soaked hair with his fingers. Thick hair, shaggy and unkept, as black as ink. The shadow of a new beard darkened his jaw. This is Gendry, strong for his age, and he works hard. Show the hand the helmet you made, lad. And Gendry doesn't want to show it because mm-hmm. it's it's shaped like a bull, right? Yeah. Um, and then he says, Gendry's like, it's not for sale. Dehomat basically says, if he wants it, you're, you're going to give it to him. And he right. says, I made it for me. Um, yeah, because he's often called bullheaded and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and so um, yeah. And then Lord Stark says, you know, that he's done nothing wrong. Um, he has some questions. He says he asked about what did you and John Aaron talk about. He says, uh, what sort of questions? How how was I, and uh, how well was I treated, and if I liked the work and stuff about my mother, who she was, what she looked like, and all. He says, what did you tell him? The boy shoved a fresh. Uh, fall of black hair off his forehead she died when i was little she had yellow hair and sometimes she used to sing to me i remember she worked in an alehouse did lord stannis question you as well the bald one no not him he never said no word just glared at me like i was some raper who had done in for his daughter and i'm sure stannis Uh is ticked you know just because it's one of robert's bastards and stannis is not really about that and also right the realization though is probably dawning in stannis that's pissing him off too yeah because which is like He's realizing what John Aaron is getting to the bottom of here, mm-hmm. which is look at the hair color, look at the jawline, yep. look at the eyes. Because we know, know Stannis knows. And he, yeah, Stannis, the, Stannis flat out is like, that's no. Well, and at this point, also, Stannis is very familiar with Edric Storm, Yep, too. So he knows what that bastard looks yeah. like, and he can see what this bastard looks yeah. like. You know, Stannis, so. the thing, the Stannis, you know, not that these guys, not that these kids have a claim to the throne, which Stannis knows. I mean, he knows they have no, mm-hmm. they have no claim to the, the throne. I mean, yeah. maybe they do, but I don't think Stannis. Stannis to me only seems like he really wants to become king because Robert dies. He doesn't seem like he just right, he yeah. wants to usurp usurp no. him or anything. Uh-uh. He, he's more ticked off that he that he doesn't get Storm's End, which he feels is rightfully his, rather than he gets Dragonstone. Right. Yeah, because he conquered. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but he Stannis never seems like he wants to usurp him. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So eventually they kind of finish um, the questioning there, but just, you know, the the yellow hair, we're going to get back to this. We're going to finish this chapter. We're going to have a big discussion here. Just the yellow hair. She used to sing to him. She worked in an ale house. That's what he knows. That's what he tells, Mm -hmm. you know, John Aaron. And that's what he tells, you know, and and his age. I mean, he's about Rob's age is what this says. You know, he's a tall lad who is about Rob's age. Um, so let's move on just a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna um, we're gonna finish the chapter and we're because it's almost over and we're gonna come back and we have some right. So so he tells him to go. He, uh, so uh, Toho tells him to go back to work. You know, and uh, sorry if he if he bothered you, my lord. Um, he walked back to the house with the with the master, uh, and then uh, Ned says, "Who paid the boy's apprentice fee?" Mm-hmm. And uh, Mott kind of looked at him fretfully, like you know, you saw the boy. He's strong. He's big. Look at those hands. You know. Uh, I, I just took him in, look at him. He's, he's basically, you know, built for yeah. this, you know. And, uh, you know, Ned then, you know, urged, no, the truth now. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. The streets are full of strong boys. Um, the day you take on an apprentice without a fee will be the day that the wall comes down. Who paid for him? And this is this is key here. Um, all he says is, a lord, uh, the master said re- reluctantly. He gave no name. He wore no sigil on his coat. He paid in gold. Twice the customary sum, and he and he and he was paying once for the boy and once for my silence. Ned asked him to describe who this uh, man was. He said he was stout, round of shoulder, not so tall as you, brown beard, but there was a bit of red in it. I'll swear. He wore a rich cloak that I do remember. Heavy purple velvet worked with silver threads, but the hood shadowed his face, and I never did see him clear. He hesitated a moment. My lord, I want no trouble. And, uh, you know, basically he says, you know, uh, none of us want trouble, but I fear these are troubled times. You know who the boy is. He says, I'm only an armorer, my lord. I, I, I know uh, what I'm told. Uh, and then he says again, you know who the boy is. Ned repeated mm-hmm. patiently. Um, that is not a question. Uh, and then the master says, or the, the master says, um, the boy is my apprentice. And basically, so he's not going to, uh, he kind of shows Ned that he's not going to speak out loud mm-hmm. uh, and, and say who this boy is. Truly yeah. is. He's been told to keep yeah. silent. He's paid yeah. for silence. He looked that in the eye. Who he was before he came to me is none of my concern. Right. And then Ned Ned finishes it and he says, uh, if that day ever comes when if the day ever comes when Gendry would rather wield a sword than forge one, send him to me. He has a look of a warrior. Until then, you have my thanks. Yeah. Um, which is pretty much the same way. This scene is almost the same way it happens in in the show. Yeah, except for you just get this. So we're we're gonna break a couple things down uh first. So Lord Aaron um, does not know who the mother is. No. Doesn't seem like it. key. Neither does Stannis. Mm -hmm. And they both ask the question, who is your mother? Describe your mother. Tell us more about her. Now, the person who brought, um, you know, this young boy here to uh, work with this blacksmith, I bet that person does know who the mother is. Oh, I would imagine. Right? Okay. Well, they would... would they would have to. You would think. I mean, yeah, you, you, you would think they definitely know who the father is because they're paying, you know, for this boy to be apprenticed here and mm-hmm. to be, you know, to have um, they paid twice, once more for, for the silence mm-hmm. on, the, on the whole matter. Um, but I think a lot of people have in, in Reddit uh, posts and things have speculated the only thing they can come up with is this is Varys. They come up with like Varys sh- in disguise. Sure and round stout. of shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And so they come up the with the beard, that. though. Well, yeah, he wears a lot of disguises, and and he used to be part of a mummer's, you know, uh, does, troop. Does Illyrio in the books have a beard? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. he does. Yeah, he Varys does. doesn't. 
But right. It, yeah. A lot of people were just saying, well, possibly Varys, you know, just, just disguised disguise himself. Right. Because yeah. we know that he wears a hood sometimes when he goes right. to see. Yeah. Right. Um, so now we got into, we put on our tinfoil hats and we started to really think about, you know, all of Robert's bastards. Mm-hmm. And so we've got Maya Stone, mm-hmm. um, who was his eldest bastard. And uh, she is not officially recognized. She's somewhat openly known to be the king's baseborn daughter. His first mm-hmm. one, actually. Way back when he's at the Vale, he's a young man. Probably, I don't know. He's in his teens when he has this bastard uh, yeah. daughter. And uh, actually, when, when he's betrothed to Liana, he, um, Liana kind of says, you know, he'll never, because of that bastard-born daughter, because of Maya Stone, she kind of says, well, he'll never st- stay faithful to just one bed. You right. Know? Um, so there's that. And then next, we believe the next bastard. Now, there were many bastards. There was like nine, I think, mm-hmm. or something. Um, but I think one of the next ones that was born uh, to him is Gendry, yeah. actually. And he's born in 284. Mm-hmm. Now, it just so happens that 284 is the same year that Cersei marries Robert Baratheon. Well. What are you saying? There is one, there's another one who was born. It's, I don't know if this is 100% confirmed. Let me look at this. It's a calculation, but it's on, it's on the wiki. Is Bella? Bella, okay. Who? Yeah, it is who you mean is born before uh, Gendry. Gendry. So yeah, is actually born in uh, two eighty like three. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So Maya, then Bella, then Gendry. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because Gendry is born in, in two eighty four. Yeah. And we believe Bella actually. So he stops at the uh, right, right. Yeah. So in in a, his, in, his a storm, in a storm of swords when he and Arya are passing through. So we we had to go back and we had to start looking at Robert's rebellion and this timeline um, about when everything you know would have happened. So got to go back in time here. So Robert is betrothed right to Lyanna Stark. Hmm. So, so he's up in the Vale. Mm-hmm. That's where he's at first. Ed, Edric Storm is younger, right? Way younger. Yeah. Way younger. Way younger. Yeah. Yep. So, so he's in the Vale, and then um, there's like this battling that goes on. And then the first battle is the Battle of Summerhall. So then they go from Summerhall over to Ashford. And then they go way up to um, the where the Battle of the Bells is, and that is in. Um, the Stony Sept, right, which is where this brothel is. Yeah. And so what happens is at the Battle of the Bells, Robert is he's like hiding out yep. in this in brothel. this in this in this town at this brothel known as the Peach. It says uh, during Robert's rebellion, Lord Robert Baratheon hid at the Peach before the Battle of the Bells. According to Leslin, Robert laid with all of the inn's prostitutes, but his favorite was Bella's mother. Um, and so. I was kind of doing some math, doing some thinking. I think it's maybe likely that Robert, that maybe Gendry's mom is also from this brothel. Mm-hmm. Because it says that it says that it's uh, Gendry's mom is described as being a tavern. Like working a, at an alehouse. Working at an alehouse, which yep. just seems unlikely given that he's born in 284 because when you look at the timeline of like when the rebellion ends because he marries he marries cersei in 284 the Mm -hmm. rebellion's over yeah right in in 284 so it seems like once he's king he's not really going to be going to these taverns Mm -hmm. right because that's where he's probably sleeping with like handmaidens and whores they just bring him 
Unless yeah, at I least just, not early in his reign, because right. we know later in his reign he does. But like yeah. early on, you're like he's trying to be kingly. Well, and- yeah. Well, I still think it seems like it seems like he's not gonna. Get, he's he doesn't need to go out. They just bring women to him, kind of egg on the fourth style. Like I don't think he's yeah. going out to taverns as as the king. I think that they're just they're just bring. At least in the show, that's kind of mm-hmm. the way they make yeah. it seem. Is they just they just bring him women. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I like we have to go look at the the. Uh, uh, oh gosh, the one girl who has the the little baby, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, th- yeah, I don't know, because he's pretty open about it later on. Like, yeah. At some point, he like towards the end there, like, because there's an infant who's killed, right? Right. L- later on in this book, um, and it's one of his bastard-born daughters who looks right. dark hair, all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, yeah, but he's pretty open about going out. But either way, whatever, right. whether they bring him or whether he goes there, um, your point is is that. Before he becomes king, he was at this at the peach, right? And we know, I mean, uh, it's it's basically Bella's mother is who he hooked up with and liked the most, and right. that Bella is uh, his bastard daughter. She's got black hair like coal, right? Uh, is as black as coal, and it looked like Roberts, right? Because uh, because I'm wondering how did Gendry get to King's Landing when they say he was brought to this armorer? Because it, it seems like he probably was in King's Landing. Someone finds him and then takes him to this armor. Mm-hmm. Unless they brought him from some other town or something to King's Landing. Right. It's just like, sort of like, so if Bella is born first and then Gendry is born in that same spot that you're talking That's, about, yeah. why wouldn't they bring Bella too? You know what I mean? Like, Well, if, yeah. Well, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, or I guess the point I'm trying to, trying to make is, I do, it, it seems to me like they probably did maybe bring Gendry from there to King's Landing, that way they can keep a more watchful eye over him. But because when Robert gets to King's Landing, like the war's over, mm-hmm. so is he? Did he? Did he? He would have had to have hooked up with some tavern wench in King's Landing when he's like taking it over and being mm-hmm. coronated mm-hmm. to have Gendry there. Yeah, you're 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 wonderfully setting up what I think might be <laughs> like, like, like 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 more of the case here. So. Right. Like, like the year uh, 284, the same year that he marries Cersei. Yeah. Now, before last Friday, when we were talking about like, like the show theory, and I was kind of like, we got to look up some of this stuff, right? And, and see what happens. Later in A Game of Thrones, um, Cersei's talking to Ned, and she basically says that, like, at one point, she said, and all it says is early in her marriage, mm-hmm. she became pregnant with Robert's child. Right. I think it was the night of their, like, I think. On her right. wedding day, before she's married to Robert, she actually hooks up with Jamie. Yeah, like immediately already. It's like she one does. more last. Yeah. Now up. this is where we have to separate the books and the show. I'm talking strictly books. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Because they happen. Because I've been I've been talking about this theory, and like there is definitely speculation the way it happens in the show, and there's definitely speculation the way it happens in the book, which right. Sir Ezra's about to tell you. Yeah. Because so so on the day that they um the wedding day for Robert and for Cersei, earlier that day Jamie hooks up with Cersei. Later that night, you know, the bedding ceremony happens, and it's and and they're they're, they're bedded. Who knows what Cersei was feeling like going into that? Maybe she is optimistic, like this is going to be good. She gives well, herself. It seems like to she him. was. Yeah. She says when she until... when she saw him walking down, and he's like right. in armor, yep. and yeah. yeah, there's actually great pictures on the wiki. There's like the one have you have you seen it where it's like all the men with like the swords, and it just looks yeah. he looks super yeah. cool. Yeah, right, it does look good. So uh, it's not until he calls her in his drunkenness or maybe what maybe wasn't drunk i can't maybe i'm making that up but like he at some point he calls her liana yeah and that is where she's sort of like 
oh no like yeah. that i mean that just sticks with her maybe it happened more than once but it definitely happened the first mm-hmm. night there so it says that she gets pregnant with a ch- with his child yeah and she tells ned that um she uses that she gets rid of the child right that she gets rid of the child and by and she insinuates that it's using um the potions and right. things and you know drinks things Moon's to abort the well, abort the child possibly but she doesn't say that though she doesn't actually say that, she, that the child is killed it's just gotten rid of like right. it's it's done away with and so that her and Jamie kind of plotted to do that right and so if that conception happened in 284 and then later that year um you I mean you have Gendry born that same year right. i just kind of think if you're if you're as cuz Sir Matt had just said possibly once the war is over and you're trying to be kingly and you're being you're being watched more. You can't right. just go out and like hit up every whorehouse. It's possible that that could be his uh, that could be Cersei's son. Right. You know, it, it's possible well, that other, Gendry yeah, could well, be. Yeah. The other thing I'm saying, it's it's not even just about being kingly. It's like you just fought a war like there. Like we already know that the, the Martells are plotting. The Martells are, are, are not. The, the Yeah. The Martells are like plotting against you. Like that's yeah, like, because that's like kind of known. They like yeah. they bring people down to question them about what happened. How did Elia Martell die? Yep. All this oh, stuff. Yeah. So like even in King's Landing, oh, yeah. you've got to think that there are people like the assassins that want to, that want to kill you. I mean, it's going to take some time before the realm kind of heals it. Yeah, heals itself. We've just been under Targaryen rule for like two hundred and mm-hmm. you know some mm-hmm. years. So yeah, yeah. But I, it just very interesting that this boy, you know, uh, his mother had. And again, it could be that he right. what he remembers as his mother is not his mother. Absolutely, you know it could be that like well, and, uh, and just and, so and house. you know he's super young. He just remember being seeing her and being at an alehouse, which right. brings us into I think it's a, is it a storm of swords or a feast for crows yep. where I think it's a feast for crows where Cersei is sleeping with Osmond Kettleblack, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and she's going out and seeing them, right? And um, she's wearing like a hood and she's going into these taverns, she gets like a thrill, from, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. to make so she's kind of uh, you know concealing herself. So we know that it's not it wouldn't be against something that she would do. Right. It, but it wouldn't surprise me too, as much as she loves her children and things to like, if she actually, now again, the question is, did she actually ever have a birth? Because mm-hmm. if she did, that would probably would have been well known. It would have been documented. Right. Like she had an actual stillbirth or something like that, but doesn't really say it actually just right. says that she became pregnant mm-hmm. and that they, you know, worked to get rid of the child. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people would kind of throw that out there and say, there's, there's no way. Right. Um, but I just no. think it's the, the reason mm-hmm. I thought about this was because this guy is wearing a sapphire. Okay, he works Valyrian steel. He's pretty high up there. Some mysterious lord who you could say is Varys. I I say actually might be somebody else shows up with this boy. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know. It could be. There's a lot of different ideas on on maybe who who this could be or, or yeah. you know what. I just think it's interesting that how close um, you know his birth is to the year that they were actually married. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she did have early on in their marriage, she has a uh, is is pregnant with Robert's child, right? So, anyways, I'm throwing yeah, I mean, it out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she says she says the Ned, she says the Ned that she, you know, she uses Moon's tea to kind of kind of prevent. I believe I, I'm pretty sure she says like that her and Jamie like took care of it. Now, I now just because I've been talking about this a little bit in the show, mm-hmm. things happen a little bit differently. She does, it seem, actually have a child that may die because when she's talking to Robert, yeah. So she has the conversation with uh, Catelyn, right, where mm-hmm. she goes in and Bran is like sick. sick. Which, yep. which we know that a conversation between them happens, right, because Tyrion tells Joffrey, like, this is all show that, like, you know, your absence 
like it's been noted that mm-hmm. you haven't done it because mm-hmm. we know like that Cersei and other people already have. And then we right. see the scene where Cersei. So that's like in the books too. So, mm-hmm. um, so Cersei goes and she tells Catelyn, it's all in the show, um, about the boy she has, and she yep. describes him a as a black haired beauty. So that means the baby was born. Right now, she could have been lying to her, which is what I when I first watched the series, I just thought, oh, she's just making this up, right? Right. She's just, you can tell something about her. Um, but then she has that conversation with Robert, and she yep. talks about, which is not in the books at all, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still a great scene. And um, it's where she says, like, even after we lost our first boy. Yeah. And so it is just interesting. She has this black-haired boy. And then ultimately, um, you know, I guess the question is, like, what is Gendry's role in the show? Oh, dude, I'm telling you. So that, like, I mean, like, my whole thing is that, like, you spend a significant, I mean, he becomes a knight. He's and a in the book, deal. too, what is his role? Um, yeah, and that's what I mean. It's like, so I honestly, also, you have to look at you said point of view. Ned, she is speaking to Ned, trying to convince him of, basically, she's admitting that she is having, that she is having a relationship with her brother and that she doesn't have any of Robert's true. She's admitting that they are mm-hmm. bastard born. Yeah. Um, and then as for that first one, she basically wants to make it seem like, because here's the thing, if she lets loose that she did have a, that she did have an actual true born, mm-hmm. you know, son who she shipped away because it was Robert's true born son, you know, and that, if that gets out or whatever, it delegitimizes her. I mean, there's no Absolutely. chance at all. for Yeah. Those then it would be throw. interesting because then Gendry would be the, he is the, a- he is the actual king. Yeah. The legit king. Like, yeah. Even, even in the show, he would have more of a claim. Well, Cersei, thinking, I don't know. Cersei just kind of takes it. So that's weird. Does she have the heart to kill her own? Right. You know, child at that time. I know she gets mm-hmm. crueler over time. But and like, also, and the thing I the thing I like about it is the idea of Gendry actually being a trueborn son. Yeah. Um, either way, in the show or the book, is that that would actually be it would be kind of full circle because then the Targaryens don't get on throne, and you do have the whole, especially in the show. You know, I don't know if they're going to go that route because yeah. they're setting up the whole John thing. But it would be kind of more of a Gur actual writing style because, like, even when you're when you're reading it, like, did you think Joffrey was going to die when he did? Like in the mm-hmm. middle of a book, no, like, you know, or the middle of you know of the season and the show, right. where it's just like, whoa, was not expecting like that is just, yeah. it's it's super satisfying, right? Yeah. But it's just like I that was not at all when I expected it, right? No, me neither. You know, yeah. I know it, it would be like something. Red Wedding. There's definitely some prelude to, right? You know, um, Ned's death. There's death. Obviously, we know, right? Um, like you can see, Joffrey's going to do something crazy there. But like when Joffrey's death, so there are these deaths that kind of like, whoa, game changer. Mm-hmm. You know, not expecting it. Right. Well, and I and here's here's another question I have. So, he, hear me out on this connection. So, so some people probably thought we're completely bonkers by even talking about right. this, but. You have Maya Stone, who basically once Robert leaves uh, from the Vale, she's kind of forgotten, mm-hmm. and she does help. She escorts, I think, Sansa and those guys up through the Moon Gate or something s- somewhere back in the Vale. She's kind of forgotten. Um, you have other, like the situation where, like, um, well, I guess so. She's not a highborn. That's not a relationship he had with a highborn lady, though. You mm-hmm. know, so she's just kind of forgotten. Um, you have Bella who is again also a relationship that he had with just a with um, with a whore and you know there's nothing no protection for her she's she, no one looks after her and kind of gives her you know any special treatment okay the two cases where people are given special treatment and maybe you just say it's because they're men and they're boys mm-hmm. versus girls 
Um, Gendry is given special treatment. He's set up with his apprenticeship. And Edric Storm. Edric Storm openly, like, that was an open, sort of acknowledged um, that that happened. Yeah. Um, like Robert acknowledged that it happened. That's my bastard born child. Let's And then um, Varys would send him gifts and things like that. So he knew about that. I don't think Robert knows about Gendry. And it could be if he, if he was born to a high, um, you know, it could be another noble, um, you know, uh, lady that he hooked up with that, you know, secreted him away. Or it's Cersei, you know, mm-hmm. um, if it's just some alehouse person that like he hooks up with and then it's like there's something significant to the mother because we figure out who the mothers are for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone else's mother is basically that's like, you know, the entire story is who's John's mother. Right. And yeah. so when I looked at this, I was like, man, it is kind of shrouded in some. It's a mystery. You just have a, a recollection from Gendry, who was much younger. Mm-hmm. And I get that you kind of get that with Bella, too, and things. But I don't know. There's just It just seems to be sneaky because he's given such a um, a good chance here to kind of make make a living and to learn a skill and a trade. And he's kept close to King's Landing, mm-hmm. possibly where somebody could, could go check on him and things. I don't know. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so people on Reddit over here are talking that uh, I mean they're all over the place with this one, saying maybe he's Aegon and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, you guys are way no, <laughs> like way out, way out of line as to yeah. who, as as to who as to who uh, Gendry is. But I I'm just my my question though, and the, the reason I find you know these theories entertaining is uh, is what is Gendry's role? What is his purpose? Is it just to die? I mean, he's a knight in the books. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. He's definitely um, hanging around, and he's he's become significant. And I, I was looking at possibly a relationship between him and Arya. So yeah, like that was going uh, in 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 a good direction. Right, because it is it is the there's 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 like a memes on or not memes, but I guess you know just, well, I guess technically you could consider it a meme, right? Where just sometimes yeah. where people post pictures on the internet, right? Um, just because they're not funny doesn't mean they're not a meme. But um, where it's it's the picture of Robert saying to Ned in the cribs, we have children will will wed our children right we'll combine our houses and then yeah. it's like aria and Gendry. yeah exactly yeah, so yeah yep so anywho i don't know guys let us know in ravens you know um send those ravens to btk cast let us know what you think of uh of, of gendry his his origins who is his mother mm-hmm. um you know is it just straightforward and that's my question i would challenge anybody who says well it's pretty straightforward has anything been straightforward in this no. series no i don't think it has so, so. um but yeah let me know what you think so uh, all right yeah, there we go. Big one. All right, guys, we're going to head on over to uh, Send Us a Raven. We have a new a new origin story here from Lady Jade. Hi, guys. I wanted to jump in on the origin story bandwagon. It all started with my dad because he is a legend. This is the same guy who we talked about a while ago. Remember, got stabbed at that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, he sounds like a legend. Yeah, he does. Um, he got me reading The Hobbit when I was a little kid and Lord of the Rings. I remember uh, his books were completely tattered from around the time, from the amount of times he read them. When I got uh, to about 15, he told me about Harry Potter. I read all of them about five times. So when my dad suggested a program called Game of Thrones to watch, I didn't hesitate. I was hooked from the start and decided to read the books about two years ago. Christmas last year, I bought my dad all of the books, which he is slowly making his way through. Since The Song of Ice and Fire, I've read Night of Seven Kingdoms and couldn't agree with you more. It's my favorite. Hurry up, Winds of Winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's awesome. You know, it's a, the the uh, role reversed there, didn't it? You know, yeah. Now she's giving her dad, you know, yeah, uh, books just, to read and stuff. That's super cool. awesome. Lady Jade, I just want to know, do you like The Hobbit more than Lord of the Rings like Sir Ezra and I? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I will go on record as saying The Hobbit is oh, better than Lord of the Rings. It's the original. Books. 
It's the original. The movies. Oh, no, no, no. Totally, we're talking books. Totally other way around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, glad you also read the uh, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. So good. Mm-hmm. So great. So. Yeah. Um, okay, continue to send those origin stories to us, and you can always send us a raven at btkcast uh, at gmail.com, you know, and we also follow Friday on, uh, on Fridays, mm-hmm. so yes. every Friday. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's kind of it for us this week. Um, yeah. We want to thank you for playing the game Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 28, Catlin 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.